What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Game Over Greggy Show. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the producer. Oh, my God, it's not a Heather Gray shirt. It's not. It's my black shirt. That's my second favorite color. Nick Scarpino, how are you? I'm well. How are Wearing you? Wearing that filthy cash. Oh, that's one of his chest hairs. You're going to pull it right through the get thing. It, get it. Oh. It hurts so Don't bad. put it on. Oh. Yeah. I think you go for good money. Over here, the Pride of Long Island, Colin Moriarty. Yeah. And over there, the pure one, Tim Gettys. Yeah. Remember the uh, the classic, probably the best in the series film, Superman Four. The question: How can I forget it? When they took one of his hairs and made the other guy out of it. Yeah, Moon Man. The hair, they, it was Moon Man exactly. Moon Man. No, no, it was so strong that yeah. it could hold up whatever a hundred tons on that little thing, but it got cut thing. no problem. Yeah, they were just like, like <laughs> scissors or whatever. <laughs> no one thought it through. Like, wait a second, the tensile strength is very that can hold, but it can get cut. Maybe really a laser, or like some other thing could have cut there. No, no crypto, yeah, nothing, the, just scissors. Some regular old. Scissors. I think it might, it might have been gardening shears, but all the same. Yeah, blades, human blades. Yeah, human blades. Mm-hmm. If you didn't know, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Game Over Greggy Show each and every week. Four, sometimes five best friends gather around this table. Each bring a random topic of discussion for your amusement. You're off on that one. You okay? Uh, I, you know, I was, I was focusing on the sheer volume of liquid. That there's, a liquid in, liquid podcast, yeah, there's a lot of liquid ingest during this podcast. Yeah, there's a lot. And I'm guessing that I'm going to have to pee twice. Wow. I already peed once. <laughs> it's not disruptive when you pee during the show, so you can definitely try count? to pee as much so as possible. You got up last time twice, did God knows what in there, came back and then stared into the lens of the camera <sighs> okay, but for I 55 did, seconds. But, but I did it during the ad reads. That's true. That's I true. do appreciate that more than the other ad read screen caps that I get where I'm reading the ad and you all just bring up your phones. <laughs> check Twitter. Check what whatever. I do. That's the Twitter times. <laughs> if you like that, head over to patreon.com slash kind of funny where we post the entire show early and give you a bunch of exclusive perks and goodies if you toss us a few bucks thank you Colin you did it <laughs> <laughs> if you got no bucks to toss head over to youtube.com slash kind of funny where you can get the show topic by topic day by day until we post the entire thing the following Friday on youtube.com slash kind of funny and mp3 services around the globe Nick yes you have a computer out you're all yes. set I do What's your topic? I have a serious topic this time. I want to talk about uh, Sulu in the Star Trek series. Uh, and I recently it came out that, that Sulu's character is in the next, uh, in Star Trek Beyond, is going to be gay. Um, now that in and of itself is news, but the the bigger news is the reaction that George Takei had to it mm-hmm. and Simon Pegg had to George Takei's reaction. So I'm going to read you guys these quotes real quick, um, starting off with where the actual idea originated. And I didn't actually realize this, but Simon Pegg um, helped write the screenplay for Beyond. So he has a, a bigger hand in the character than I would have thought. Uh, the, the idea came from Simon Pegg, who plays Scotty in the new films and penned the Beyond screenplay with director and director Justin Lin, both of whom wanted to pay uh, homage to Takei's legacy as both a sci-fi icon and beloved LGBT activist. And so a scene was written into the new film, very matter of fact, in which Sulu is pictured with a male spouse raising their infant child. Peg and Lynn assumed reasonably that Takei would be overjoyed at the development, a manifestation of the conversation with Roddenberry that Takei had had long, long ago. Um, during the original series where he wanted there to be a gay character. On the yeah, show, he was he alluded to the fact that, you know, he, he thought that would be a good idea. But of course, back then, that was a different time. They already gotten a lot of flack from the first uh, interracial onscreen kiss. Right. Um, that saw that that had a lot of problems um, just as, as far as like not being aired in certain areas because of of uh, of the inherent racism in, involved in that. Um, except Takei wasn't overjoyed. Uh, he had never asked for Sulu to be gay. In fact, He'd much preferred that he stayed straight. Uh, quote, I'm delighted that there's a gay character, he tells The Hollywood Reporter. Unfortunately, it's a twisting of Gene's creation uh, to which he, he put so much thought. Uh, I think it's really unfortunate. Uh, Takei later explained that Roddenberry was uh, exhaustive in conceiving a Star Trek character as the name Sulu, for example, was based on the Sulu Sea off the coast of the Philippines as to render his Asian nationality indeterminate and that Roddenberry had always envisioned Sulu as heterosexual. Um, so that's interesting. 
in and of itself. But then the uh, Simon Pegg sort of came back with his response, which was, quote, uh, I have a huge love and respect for George Takei. His heart, courage and humor are an inspiration. However, with regards to his thoughts on Sulu, I must dis- uh, respectfully disagree with him. Um, he says, quote, He's right. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate that the screen version of the most inclusive, tolerant universe in science fiction hasn't featured an LGBT character until now. We could have introduced a new character, but he or she would have been primarily primarily determined or defined by their sexuality, quote, as seen as the gay character, rather than simply uh, simply for who they are. And isn't that token tokenism? Uh, he later commented that Justin Lin, Doug Jong, and I loved the idea of of being uh, of it being someone we already knew because the audience have a pre-existing opinion of that character as a human being, unaffected by any prejudice. The sexual orientation is just one of the many aspects, not the defining characteristic. Also, the audience would infer that there has been LGBT presence in the Star Trek universe from the beginning, uh, at least in the Kelvin timeline, uh, that, a gay hero, that, that a gay hero isn't something new or strange. It's also important to note that at no point do we suggest that our Sulu uh, was ever closeted, why it needed to be. It's just It just hasn't come up before. Mm-hmm. Um so I wanted to get your guys' take on that because, and just see kind of, and kind of where you sit with or how that sits with you because there's, it's kind of a complex issue. I feel like I think Simon Pegg did a really eloquent job of explaining his piece, and mm-hmm. I think that it, I, if it was this side or this side, I'm definitely on the Simon side in the sense of right. like him talking about it. He's been there since the beginning. We're not making a big deal out of it. If it was a gig, all that stuff, it's like those are really valid points that show that he put a lot of thought into this and he's doing it for a good reason. You know what I mean? And like, like them, uh, Takei talking about the gene originally, you know, putting thought into the characters. It's like, well, it's now 2016 and mm-hmm. they're putting the same amount of thought in these characters. Obviously there is that amount of love and care and passion being poured into this universe. And this is a modern day version of Star Trek. It's not where it was before. Right. Um, and it's kind of weird to me that Takei kind of, has that stance, but I mean, whatever he has yep. the, the, the right to do that. But I, I get the sense that like him being gay in real life does make it kind of weird that it's like, all right, well now your character's gay because you're gay. It's like a, it's, a weird kind I, of like meta thing. Yeah. I can see where that, pers- where that perspective would come in. Right. Where he's saying, look, I get what you're trying to do, but this character is heterosexual. He was written as heterosexual. That's what the original creator wanted that to be making him gay just because I'm gay doesn't necessarily jive well with him and i can understand how that would how he would see that yeah both Mm -hmm. sides i think make sense to a great degree and the one thing i would be interested in not being the biggest star trek fan i don't think any of us are in terms of anything i like it i like the series but it's not the thing the thing about like i i really liked i really liked the reboot and i really liked what they did with star trek and then i i i've i remember enjoying the second one but not really remembering it it's one of those movies i saw and forgot whereas i remember seeing the reboot and be like fuck this is awesome this Mm -hmm. is great since technically it's a reboot, but it's still in that timeline. You know what I mean? Like they yeah. went back and changed everything in the show. Was there ever a storyline where Sulu was pursuing, pursuing a woman or anything like that? No, they had. So apparently they had, they, they alluded to the fact that he had had an affair with a one night stand with, with a woman and that resulted in the birth of his daughter. But oh. that was in, I think that was in one of the movies. Not gotcha. Gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Um, but to that point, which is fascinating, which I think, I think there's more to that quote that I didn't, I didn't um, copy over. But I remember reading some at some point he was talking about like since this is an alternate timeline, right? Because if you guys remember at the beginning of Star Trek uh, when they brought it back three, three, three or five, you know, five years ago, whatever it was, um, it altered the timeline. So he was like, I like the idea that in all these alternate timelines, anyone Things can be gay, different. anyone can be straight. It doesn't yeah. really matter. Sure. 
you know i don't th- i don't think they altered the timeline it's not like the butterfly effect though where like when no, they went but, back but and like well now Sulu's that's gay true. that's true because kirk but, stepped on this thing that's true but the but the idea of you know the idea of of there being i don't know i you, it's, you, it's, you, it's you just i'm, I'm just saying like i if i was if i was a fan of star trek on that level and that was that thing and th- i think that's where uh george decay comes in is the fact that I understand that argument, and I, I'm his. So it's just if there's a fact, then it kind of fucks up the fiction. That's where it would get. Well, that sucks, but it's cool. But whatever. Since we're talking about Star Trek, first let me be the first to say Nanu Nanu to all the still the Trekkies out Nailed there. It. Thank you. Uh, now that was a Mork and Mindy reference <laughs> for you, Tim. You like? Mork Do you even know what Mork and Mindy is? Yeah, Robin Williams okay. and someone else. And some chick. Mindy. And Mindy. More Robin Williams and Mindy. <laughs> Mindy Project. <laughs> um, <laughs> What was her name? So I'm up. So I'm up. So I'm of two minds. I'm of two minds with this, mm-hmm. as I am with many things, because because I, I do see so both sides of it. As I've said before, I am not into diversity for diversity's sake, and actually, that's like what George Takei is talking about. Right. What he's saying is that well, Gene Roddenberry's vision of this character was an Asian man of a heterosexual persuasion. Right. And it's his creation, and we don't necessarily need to mess around with that. Because so I understand that particular argument. Sure. The argument that Simon Pegg's making, I think, is also prescient, which is like. You are, you know, George Takei can't have his cake and eat it too, right? Like, you are a gay man, and that is, you're known for being this character, but you are actually known for being a gay pioneer. Mm-hmm. That's what you're known for, and you play that up. So you can't have it both ways, and we respect you for that. I mean, that's, I mean, he's come to prominence in the last 20 years specifically for that. Right, he came out in 2005. Right, so maybe, yeah, so maybe, what, 10, 10, 10 11 years. years. For just being that, and that's fantastic, you know, and that's great. And he's, an, he's, a, I, I think he's funny, and I think he's eloquent. I think he's a great guy. Oh my, he's awesome. He's, he's an awesome he's guy. Awesome. But so, we so, the so I'm with Tim, where I feel like I am surprised by that. Mm-hmm. But I also am of the mind that, like the character, like I would have liked to see, you know, if we want to have more diversity in terms of sexuality, which is great, and it's not within Gene Roddenberry's original idea, then I think it would have been more appropriate for them to make a new character. And I understand that you don't want to have tokenism and all that kind of stuff. But this, we can bring this to to, to, to a further extent, which is, um, is Sulu still an Asian man? In the yes, yes. okay, so John. why isn't he a black woman then? I mean, it's the same thing. It's like right. what George Takei is basically saying is like he is what he is, right? And Gene Roddenberry is uh, is famous in the in in you know early sci- television sci fi for being super progressive, like yeah. outrageously progressive. As you said, I'm not a huge Star Trek fan, but everyone knows that that like Star Trek was well, yeah, a huge huge step forward in television, not only for the science fiction genre but for television mm-hmm. generally. Along with I Love Lucy and a few others that were basically saying like this is biracial or this is right. all these kinds of things. Right, right. Um, and and so he should be respected for that. So it's almost I, I don't want to say it's almost a slap in the face to him, but it's almost like you know he already took so many steps forward that no one else would take. And he wanted like, and he already ha- made this Asian who there he was the first prominent Asian character on television. That anyone can even name. Yeah. And so, that, so it's, it's, it's like, I don't know, like you need to push it all the way to the nth degree instead of keeping in Gene Roddenberry's ultra fucking progressive, ultra fucking diverse vision as it stood already. You know, mm-hmm. like why do you have to have everything in it? I like, I like the idea of it. Like, and again, I, I think for me, it's separating the fandom from it or whatever. in the fact that, I like the idea that if it hasn't been addressed or whatever, that this is the thing. And the reason we've never made a big deal or even talked about it before is just the fact that, of course, there's aliens and all these other things. Why would be hung up on homosexuality, right? The fact that there hasn't been a gay character in the show in the universe is off-putting. That's weird. I w- but it's not... I don't need a storyline all about it shoved down my throat either. The fact, I mean, the way Simon Pegg makes it sound for us not having seen Beyond, it's not out yet, is the fact that it seems like it's just a shot or whatever, right? right? right. Like that, And that's all it is. And like it's getting, not blown out of proportion, but... 
It's there as a way to honor it's okay. Yeah, go ahead. Well, let me just ask you a question. You said it, it's all, why is it off putting that there's never, I mean, like, why is that important within the, the realm of Star Trek? You know, like, because uh, I, I don't. You're talking about the diversity of it and everything else. And right. The fact so that if I want, I, if I'm a minority, I'd like to see myself rec- re- represented on screen in some fashion. And especially if we are into this thing of, and I'm not knocking Star Trek in the 60s or whatever. I think that's hard to do or whatever. It's, you know, I mean, we are aware. Of, I would say it's impossible to do. We are, the, we are aware of the steps this show took and what it did. But I'm talking about even then. It's again not as somebody who's not even a fan, and again, like what we were talking about the last week with the whole uh, uh, black people versus cops and all this other stuff of just like it's hard for me to put in the shoes. I've never I've watched two Star Trek movies now. I'm in and out of the show every so often or whatever, and I've never been like, man, where are all the gay characters? It's just, but like when you call it out, it's like, mm-hmm. oh fuck, right, this is a universe filled with aliens and all these different things, and this isn't something that's ever even hinted at. And I'm I'm pulling what we're pulling from this thing where mm-hmm. Simon Pegg saying that's the, the case that there's yeah. never been LGBT in it. I, I would think, oh, that's an interesting thing to call out. Yeah, I would like to see some representation of that. Right, but I'm, and, I, and I admit that I'm arguing from a point of weakness simply because I've not given this any thought at all. I, heard, sure. I found out about this literally 10 minutes before the show began. But uh, my, my point here is that last week on PSI Love You XOXO, we talked about gay characters, our favorite gay characters. And right. I was like, I don't even know that I can name that many because and then people tweeted at us or put in the comments like, what about this guy? And what about this girl? And what about this? And I'm like, oh, yeah. The, the thing is, is that the, their sexuality isn't defining of them any more than the sexuality of a straight character defines them. And so it seems like an ancillary kind of thing one way or the other. I understand that you want to have minority representation and all that kind of stuff. And I respect that. That's fantastic. But I like they're doing it because the the man who played him in real life is gay. Yeah, that's why they did it. And and not for any other reason. So I mean, hoping- it actually seems kind of it's not tokenism by definition, but it is pandering as opposed to as opposed to creating characters from stock that, you know, or from scratch rather that are going to. Um, rise up and give a gay or lesbian or bisexual sure. viewers mm-hmm. a character that they can relate to on a sexual level. But I'm so maybe I, and I, I know I say this as a from a place of you know privilege as a white straight man, but I don't. And maybe it's because we take it for granted. But I still haven't wrapped my head around completely the idea that like I I, I have to relate to the character in every single way on, on screen to be able to relate to them as their fictional device. In other words, mm. like. I don't look at, you know, the white man on screen and be like, well, he's a white man. So I relate to him. But I think you know? that, but like, that's but, the, the problem, though, is like what you're saying is like, that's just because we've grown up with that just being that is so the norm to us. Whereas for all the other people that aren't white, straight male males, like watching it when they see all these other characters, it is different, you know, and it is like, oh, shit, like that's this represent like it's not just not me all the time. You know what I mean? It is exactly there is something that no, I, I, I get it. I just don't like I, I guess what I'm saying is like I related to Ellie in The Last of Us, a, mm-hmm. but a that's teenage because- lesbian girl. Right. Or the in Gone Home, same thing. Like you kind of relate to them and kind of interested in them. I guess what I'm saying is like I just I know I've taken that for granted. There's no doubt about that. I know that I speak from a place of unimaginable privilege. I know that, too. I just don't I, I feel like there must be. And, and I guess people can sound off in the comments on this as well. In my mind, like for as much as you want representation of yourself in many different ways, there certainly must be minorities, whether it is in uh, sexuality or sexual preference or in uh, race that are like, well, but uh, but isn't that also telling me that I can't relate to what we like to the person that's not like me because we ha- we we uh, because I'm not defined by my sexuality. Or I'm not defined by my race. So I, I just like I feel like it's so much it's so much more complicated than people make it out to be. I'm not saying these people are wrong. I'm not saying diversity in these things is a bad thing. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't have a, a diverse and progressive outlook in the 21st century. Of course, we could. I, we all do. I we all share the same pro gay, pro choice, pro all these kinds of things. Viewpoints at this table. I'm just kind of making a, 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 a an argument that 
maybe it's being taken to an nth degree with this particular case and maybe with a certain other cases where I it's, think, you know, I the don't big know. thing about it is I think that we're talking yeah, as the majority. So, and so yeah, for a mine for somebody from a minority populace to look at this, and I think for sure they find themselves something that connects them to the mainstream characters, the major, major characters. But I think to find somebody that is shares something that is so definitive for them and is so many people look down upon and is this, you know, thing that is still a, a huge issue and acceptance is still so hard fought for all of these different things. I think that's where it is. And I think that's the other side of it too. It's not even it. Sure. It's for the, it's for uh, a gay person to look at and be like, Oh cool. Gay people on TV. I'm gay. It's not that strange anymore. It's also the fact of, Hey, mainstream wake the fuck up to there being gay people and it not being weird. And that is the whole point of, and that's what I, why I think the Sulu thing is a strong uh, indicator as well. Not that I think that if I was going to talk about like, man, there's so many bigots in these communities. I don't know if I would go Star Trek right up at the top or whatever, but in the way of like, I'm close. Hey, you know this character, you've loved this character, you've loved him for years, or you've loved him for now three movies. Guess what? He was gay the whole time, and it wasn't a big deal, and he wasn't weird, and he acted like a normal person because he is a normal person. What you think sure. in the middle of America who don't you know you don't know any gay people, and I'm talking from my own experience being, you know, through high school till I got to college and met my first openly gay person, right? Like I was around gay people all the time, probably in high school, and didn't know it because they were just normal people and didn't maybe had to come into their sexuality or whatever. It's driving home that message that the minorities aren't outcasts they're normal and j- that's the whole point of it like you can you you've loved you've loved Sulu this whole time he's been gay the whole time that shouldn't change your opinion of him yeah and i also think that it's not so much that they they're looking at Sulu and like need to see themselves in Sulu it's more the idea of they are minorities they're not non-existent and i think that mm-hmm. having it just be like yeah it doesn't need to be every character doesn't need to be gay not every single thing needs to be represented everywhere but having that scene just him with his husband or boyfriend or whatever it is in the background of a shot. It's like that is enough to just be like that is a minority in the sense of this whole thing, but it exists and it's okay. And that's and I think it's that sense of seeing yourself in the world, not so much in the character. Good um, point, yeah. And when it comes to the, the Simon Pegg stuff, I just feel like, you know, him being one of the, the writers on this. Mm-hmm. It's like, obviously, there's a political agenda there. And I think that he is trying to say that gay is normal. It's fine. Gay is something that. People are, and they're not different than you because of it. And I think that making Sulu the gay character, I mean, obviously, I do think that like, the pandering, I think it is it is pandering, but I, I also think in, in the good sense, though, of like fan service. And I think that he meant that in a way to to honor oh, George yeah. Takei, oh, you know yeah. what I mean? I don't think there's anything negative in what he's doing at all. I don't think any of it's a negative. Sure. I'm just making kind of an argument that I'm not even fully formed in my own mind because I haven't thought about it too, too much where it's... Where I just kind of want, I wonder about the other side now. Where, like, where, I wonder about the other side, like where it's like, well, the characters are the characters. Like, make your art the way you might to make your art. The, the, right. the, you know, I, I was telling Nick a, 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 about uh, an idea that I'm developing, that I, a story that I'm sketching, where the protagonist is a black man in his 30s, and um, I wrote that not for any other reason than that's just the vision that I had of that character in my head. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm going for. It's like no, imp- imp- no. Imp- Will I be able to speak for him in an authoritative way as a white man and a 31-year-old white man? Maybe not, but why can't I necessarily write the dialogue or, or, or create this character nonetheless? That's just the character I saw in my head um, when I was coming up with this idea, and so I, I put it forth. In other words, like uh, I like the idea of creating for creation's sake, yet Star Trek has so much lineage at the same time that, um, and with George Takei being really one of the most notable characters that come out of that, not the most notable, certainly one of the top three or four most notable yeah. people that have ever played any of those roles that you can understand why they did that. And I think they're doing the right thing because I do think that um, gay is normal. I think we, we've all known that for many years and uh, you know, and I like to see these, this kind of representation. I just, 
kind of also understand, I guess, like what we were talking about, what we haven't really touched on, which I think is what he was kind of talking about, what George K is talking about, is that like these characters already exist. Yeah. And and like you do like what is the authority of someone to rewrite those characters? In other words, if Gene Roddenberry was still alive and writing, uh, Gene Roddenberry died, right? He's dead. Like, long, so, yeah. Yes. Um, but nonetheless, hasn't been connected to these. I don't think in any other way than, you know, he's the creator of the of the series. And he, really did, the, he was the a pioneer of some of the movies. Right. Right. No, that I know. Uh, but before, um, but, uh, you know, would he be able to take his characters and reform them or reboot them? Or Probably. Yeah. But like, at what point does a character become like what the character is? And I don't know the answer to that question. I mean, I see this raging a lot in comic books with uh, the female Thor. Not that, I don't I don't know a fucking goddamn thing about Thor, but I know that that I know that that happened. I know that Iron Man now is going to be a black woman for yeah. a little while. I know that. And I'm like, OK, that's fine. But like, but, but you can kind of see the other side as well. And I do like where I'm and I'm not, I don't mean it in any sort of mean way or anything like that to, to the people that are being represented by these things where it's just like well yeah but iron man's tony stark isn't he like tony stark's character right like there's nothing wrong with that either and so i get people's attachment to these different things and i think george and why i'm so interested in the other side of the argument um is george takei is representing it where he's yeah, saying like i'm a gay man and i played this character and he's straight that's that's you know? the, that's the thing that i think is is the only real wrinkle in this is that i completely yeah. agree with simon Pegg and that the i i don't i I like that they're trying to introduce a gay character into Star Trek. I think it's important. I think culturally it's going to go a long way toward making it okay to be gay um, and, and and seen as, as okay to be, to be gay on screen. Cause I think that really does help shape younger generations. Like when kids see that, it really does have a good effect on them and that it just conditions them to think that's normal. That's normal. Everything's normal. It doesn't matter. Um, but I think the only reason why this gave me pause was because they did it to honor George Takei, and George Takei told them no, and lobbied against them multiple times, according to the article that I read, saying, he said, don't do this, this is not the character. Like, I played this character as straight, in a time when racism was, it was a really, really, it was a difficult time in the United States to be an Asian American, and being seen as a lead actor on a television show, that was kind of a hard-fought battle, and, and, and you know, you're, you're if, to him, I think it's, they're, they they have the best intentions, but he didn't want it to happen. So if you're paying homage and honoring George Takei, then wouldn't it be therefore honoring him to just keep the character what it was before? You know, and to, to me, it's not even a question of of making the character gay or straight. It's just saying, like, don't do this because you're honoring me. If I don't want it to happen, it's not honoring me. You're not actually honoring my intentions. Real quick, I'm sorry. From the get-go, they said this is to honor him. Yeah, I mean, that's obvious, official, though, right? Too? Well, no, I know, but I'm just that, wondering how they've talked about it. I, this, you know, I've heard one. Well, that was that was in the quote that I just making sure. Read. Yeah, yeah. Just, I'm to me, it's like the honoring thing. Like that's I didn't know about that, and I didn't know about him lobbying against it or whatever. I thought this was just like a, the the quote. He, he had asked them about. to not do it. Yeah, apparently. And, Interesting. And, and had lobbied that. basically saying like, this yeah, is that not definitely what Gene that changes things. But at the same time, it, it doesn't because it's like, all right, well, you don't have control over it. And the, the thing with the, the honoring the character, if they did do it to honor him, that's one thing. But I think honoring again, the fan service is a very different aspect of it. Mm-hmm. It's like whether or not he wants it. I'm sure that there's a ton of people that, that see that. And they're like, oh, well, oh, and the actor was gay. That this is a, this is a cool little nod to that. You know what I mean? And, and that's that's important, too. Right. Because you have. Already in 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 the cast of characters, you have Zachary Quinto, who is an openly gay man playing Spock, who is who is, I guess, would be a heterosexual Vulcan. Um, yeah, who's trying to trying to keep my terms straight there? No, right? Nanu, um, Nanu, indeed. But that's an interracial. But that's that's super important too, right? And they have an interracial relationship, so that's that's very very important um, in and of itself because Hollywood has had a problem with that, a, a huge problem with having gay actors play straight characters. 
Um, I so didn't know he was gay. Oh yeah, yeah, openly gay. Um, so that's huge too. So it's it kind of like the last almost piece of the puzzle is having a character that is gay. Um, and I do agree with Simon Pegg and that you can't just introduce a character because then that the criticism would be you're just putting this token gay guy in 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 the scene and who is this person and he's not going to be really a part of the movie anyway and don't fucking put him in a red shirt for Christ's sake because <laughs> that's just not going to be a good thing. The other, um, I mean, the other piece of the puzzle, right, is the fact that, and I, this is, again, ignorance on my part, not being that guy. As somebody on the outsides of all of this, even, mm-hmm. even now, but with two movies under my belt, I feel like this only adds flavor to this character. Yeah. Like, right? Yeah. They, I, him and Chekhov and all these other people or Scotty, right, or whatever, they're just like... They're they're like literally like bones. They're all like one liners and shit. They're there right? to service they're, Kirk. Kirk Kirk is the Kirk's guy the that I know everything about, and now and everybody knows I know everything about Spock and right. uh, uh, what's her name? Hulu, not Hulu. Ahura. Ahura. Like she's in the middle where I don't know a lot about her background. Again, as somebody who knows two mm-hmm. movies, but it's like obviously Kirk and Spock are the fucking picture, right? And then it's like all these other guys just bounce off the ship and go do whatever. Like now they're gonna give me a scene of him hugging his husband and having a baby. It's like all right. Yeah, I mean, to to go back to your earlier point about the comic book stuff too. I mean, this this does happen, but you know, the Iron Man thing—it's a whole different character. Um, this would be changing the character, but again, it's I that's mean, fair enough. Talk- I don't know anything about what I'm actually talking oh, about. No, no, no. I, just, <laughs> I, I just want to clarify that. I just um, see people's outrage. I just people see out see outrage. See, I I well, didn't Tony, bring up. It's, like, it's not like she's the new Tony Stark. It's a whole new okay. Yeah, I didn't know that. Someone, so yeah, so they're bringing in so that. But I saw people. I just see people upset about every everything under the sun in comic books, and so I'm like, okay. But I but they've only had 70 years of Tony Stark. Well, there's so much more to do. That was going to be my earlier point. That was going to be my point, right? Which we have had this character as a heterosexual character, for since the 60s. I don't see any reason at this point. It's like, all right, you've had it, everyone. It's been you've had that. You have a long lineage of not like eight, six movies, seven movies with this character in it. Yeah. And how many like, people are like, yeah, Sulu is my Sulu favorite right. character because well, he fucking bangs chicks. Yeah, right. Exactly. Right. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> exactly. My, my thing with man, it is, man. I just feel like the the respecting the character. I think that there's certain traits that define what a character is, and that's there's a, a whole bunch of other things where it's like, yeah, it's, so really him was him being straight really a thing? Because it now, sounds Kirk, like, all right, is. great. There was yeah, no, exactly. Kirk, Kirk yeah, that, and totally that's a makes perfect sense. example. Like Kirk's womanizing is space plays really into his character, and that's like his his insecurity is coming out a but little bit the right way now. I see it is like with with um what was it Sulu. Sulu yeah like the color of his eyes or the shape of his eyes or the color of his hair or the way he styles his hair does any of that matter because mm-hmm. does this actor look like that actor no the actors look kind of different you know what I mean so it's like why does do those aspects not matter but his sexual orientation matters like I think that unless there's a story plot element to it I, whatever I, I agree it's with just you. another but, like slider I mean, but it's the, weird it it, it it peaks sorry to interrupt that's okay uh, it, it does pop up with me even though like still to this day like and I, and I do look internally and think I am I am still conditioned to like like you know push these ideas away right a, a perfect example of it as I think I read this correctly was in the new Harry Potter play Hermione, is, Hermione is black and right. at first I was like that is ridiculous that is sacrilege then I'm like I guess it doesn't really matter that doesn't matter yeah, at all. Do you care what the character the, the character was playing? never defined as a white person. It was only defined as white uh, uh, a Caucasian in the movies because they had to cast someone and that person just happened to be white. Was that Rowling's vision all along for Hermione? Was that she was no, black? She didn't have a vision for. Her. She just said best actress came this along. This can be whatever it needs to be. Interesting. Yeah, she, I don't think she's defined with the, with the exception of um yeah, I don't with the exception of maybe like Cho Chang and a few other characters like I don't think there is really any ethnicity that's 
incredibly important. Do you know who the runner-up for the role was? Mm-hmm. George Takei. Hermione <laughs> <laughs> was almost an old Asian that gay man. That was a little bit of a little weird. Oh That's, my, Harry. <laughs> I, I feel like, I, I, feel like I, I guess I'm just becoming more fascinated with the 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 other side of the, the like the more George Takei centric argument, which I which I think is what he's making, which is like. I kind of think there's subtext to it where he's basically saying like, well, the character is the character is the, as the man who created him and envisioned him. And I don't think when people, I think that there's some racism and some big, uh, bigoted nature behind people being mad about, uh, the Spider-Man that's Puerto Rican or whatever, you know, like what, mm-hmm. even though it's a different character too. That's why I didn't bring him up. Or, or, else, what or Thor or whatever. I don't know anything about comics. I just see people getting upset about the, these yeah. like almost racial or sexual things in comics specifically over and over again. So I thought that that was a good example. But, um, the other side where it's like, uh, I'm interested in how like uh, the black community or the Latino community or the gay community or whatever feels about being pandered to as well. And when they look at something and they're like, well, just make it the way you want to make it, dude. Like it's mm-hmm. like I, I, I feel like it's there's almost the other side where it's become maybe for sexuality, especially in, in our. So I mean, we're in San Francisco. I mean, it doesn't get any more fucking normalized than it is here, which is mm-hmm. great. But like the other side of the coin where it's like, all right, like we don't need if you if, if your vision has no gay people in it doesn't well, really affect my life. And I'm not saying that as me as the straight white man. Sure. I'm saying that as the gay man or the gay, you know, the, the gay woman or whatever. And I'm interested in that kind of argument as well. In other words, like I like the more subtle, nuanced characters that are created because there's reason to create them. And so if a, if a movie is being made with uh, nothing but minority characters because that is the plot device or that is the way the story wants to be told or that's just the vision and there's no reason for it at all, that's great. But like I wonder if I wonder um, if like in shoving diversity into every single aspect in any way we can, mm-hmm. we all don't also do service always to the story or to the plot. And so is this just like, as, as was being said before, just a distraction, even though it's this minor thing, like it's become this big thing now Yeah, where it's like, it was supposed to be an homage and that's really nice. And I'm sure it was done with good intentions. I think George Takei is being a little weird about it. Um, I would probably, if I was him, I'd probably be like maybe privately upset, but publicly being like, you know, like supportive and, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So I just think it's more complicated and nuanced than that. Like where I'm more, I'm more interested in having, uh, we're having a twenty. Uh, we're having a 2016 conversation, uh, or we think we're having a conversation in 2016. But I actually felt we're having a conversation in like 2005. Where now, like in 2016, I'm interested in like things have become so normalized in so many ways that I'm wondering, like at what time, at what point do you just treat it as normal? Well, the thing, the thing yeah. I know you're going to jump on the normalized thing, but to get on it earlier, like I think one of the big things that we're not talking about here is ownership of the characters and stories right where you keep saying if you have a story to tell just tell it well this is the story they want to tell whether it's an homage or whatever they want to put a gay person in this how do they do that with a show that then is anchored in the 60s where there was no gay people and there were yeah i mean they have to do that and they have to make the changes because it's the same thing of like to the comic example right if you know they make superman right Siegel and Schuster here we have Superman there you go and then for the rest of Superman he can't evolve beyond what their vision was then so he's just leaping tall buildings in a single bound he can't fly there's all these different little things they can't change the costume they can't, it's at some point these do become I understand I understand the argument here is so interesting because you have George Takei who is Sulu right, and right. You ha- who had the direct connection who worked with the originator of the work who wrote the character and told them what the character was and this is how you're playing the character but then it is in new hands and so it is you know, I'm the guy who's arguing about continuity earlier. It is in new hands. These people are making the movie they want to make and mm-hmm. they have to be able to put that yeah, stuff a good in point. and make those changes. It's a good, it's a good point. It's, and, and that's why it's complicated. And I'm not even sure what side of the argument I actually land on. I'm just making it the, the side of the argument because I'm, I'm kind of compelled by it. Like where it's like, well, yeah. it's not just so cut and dry. I, I just I, I think there's more to it or whatever, more to think about. And it's so there's so many layers societally um, within ourselves and within like the population as at large in 2016. Where I almost feel like by calling these things out, it denormalizes them. And like and and so like, you know, 
I like the idea of organic things, organically fixing things or organically making things normal because then I think it looks more normal to everyone and then I think everyone accepts it more. Um, but also maybe the minority and gay populations don't really have that luxury either. So, so I think, so I think that it's, so I think it's more complicated than that, but I'm just spitballing. I don't really know. It is fiction at the end of the day. I mean, like who really gives a fuck? I mean, that's, that's the, that's the, I mean, at the end of the day, that's kind of where I'll leave my thoughts is like, it really doesn't fucking matter. But I think it do, I think it does matter though because I think that the fiction does kind of dictate a lot of these little kids growing up or even adults watching things like to see that and to be like it's normal like they need to accept that that it's normal you know because it is it's being shown in a, in movie theaters across the whole world you know what I mean and it's getting to people where it isn't normal, exactly right? and I I think that uh, you know a long time ago it's not too many people were complaining or were were saying that there's not enough white people in movies you know what i mean and then over time now it's turned into this thing of there's too many white people in movies because they're taking what could be other minorities roles and stuff and i think that that what you're talking about the 2005 versus 2016 conversation is i think it does need to swing really extremely in the other direction to normalize it eventually to get it to a point where it it is like oh no it, everybody's being represented in in a way that makes sense that's doled out however it needs to be because i think the problem is there's you earlier you brought up that uh you you feel like maybe they feel like they're being pandered to too much or whatever mm -hmm. to me that's the the equivalent of like like the oh i got a black friend he says it's cool if i say the n-word we're cool we're cool right. you know and it's like mm, just because he does cool. doesn't mean that there's so many other people that, that don't and the problem is no one person represents it all and i think that that's that is the the challenge is trying to figure out how to solve for the greater population instead of the the one-off things. Because, yeah, I'm sure there's people that are, like, uncomfortable when... Like, I'm sure there's gay people that are uncomfortable by all of this. Where it's just like, fuck, why is this being such a such a big deal? Why that's, is that, it just either what, happening or not happening? But I feel yeah. like it needs to happen so that one day it won't happen. That's... I mean, I think that you're... That's a good point. I think you're right um, on everything you said. Both sides of it. Because I, I do think... I, like, I wonder, like, as being... I'm as normal, I guess, in in American society's terms, in terms of entertainment, as that it is, right? I'm, I'm American, I'm white, I'm male, and I'm straight. So I have nothing to worry about in this regard. But... And I don't... I look back, I was thinking... For some reason, G.I. Joe came to mind to me because I think about the minority representation in that show, and some of it was really well done. Like, Roadblock was one of my favorite characters, and he was just a black guy, right? Like, he was just a black guy, like all the other Joes, like Duke and Flint, and all those other guys. But then there was, like, Spirit, who was, like, the old Indian shaman man, and there was, like... Quick, quick kick. kick who was like the the asian karate expert <laughs> yeah. and there's like and so i'm like all right like quick it's kick. a little all right it's a little like uh, so, one, so could, one could read into a black man being called roadblock as being slightly racist as well really i don't i, I don't know i don't know I, I always looked at him as being like what can i get a minority report on roadblock kevin i need a minority report on roadblock being black i don't know i don't see it so like so i'm not saying i'm not saying like i i've i've kind of i've kind what of what if we call the the peruvian character lomo saltados the lomo saltados and he has a handgun and an, and an eagle <laughs> like like spirited um so uh like i i've i've waged this whole argument in my mind or this whole battle in my mind where i'm like i just don't know exactly where i come down on it because there's no doubt that diversity in fiction has been positive for disparate sections of society but actually for fiction itself which i think is fantastic as well i think that's often lost on a lot of people like when i played the last of us i wasn't thinking about ellie as being a little girl i thought ellie was just the compelling character that was right. having to be a little girl and then we found out she's gay in the dlc and stuff so i i like that there's like these little nuanced kind of things and gone home is an example an overall example of the same thing where you don't even know what the story's about originally and then it's about something you don't expect and you can relate to those characters um 
And so I, I, I guess what I'm saying is that as a white man, I never felt the need to relate to white men in my in my fiction or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yet, I also think, admittedly, there is a subconscious thing in my mind where I'm like, you have nothing to worry about, Colin, because if you really needed to relate to someone on that base level, just look around. Right. Exactly. You know? So so I admit that 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 that's there. But but I am interested in such and we've, we've, we've become so progressive in such a quick time in the United States in some ways. I mean, what's going on with race in this country right now shows that we're not quite as progressive as we'd hope. But I think with sexuality, particularly um, if you look at polling um, and you look at different results around the states uh, with gay marriage and all those kinds of things and how quickly that that turned that turned rapidly, like within a decade, it turned around completely that I just was wondering if like I do wonder if the gay population at large, I wonder if the the, uh, the black population at large, maybe not the individuals or little sections of them or pockets of them are now saying like, OK, like let's just we just want to be treated like we're normal and we don't need to be represented in every single thing to be treated as as normal to be normal in society and that we're actually creating conversations that are not necessary that could be regressive in making that kind of representation normal and where it really counts which is in the real world so that's kind of the argument i'm trying to make uh but i don't know whether it's a salient argument or not i just think that it's it's an interesting kind of uh uh, kind of take on it that makes it not so cut and dry and I think it's kind of where he's coming from not from so much of the fictional device that he's talking about with, with Gene Roddenberry but also about as a gay man in America and he's one of the most prominent gay men in America today so mm-hmm. so that's kind of where I stand on it but I don't I just don't know I'd be interested to see what people say in the comments because I think this is more complicated than it seems my topic <clears throat> but first mm. thank you to all the Patreon supporters in June for all your lovely support Whose name do we have to see in there like four times? Jordan Smith. Jordan Smith. We apologize. Somehow Jordan Smith has been cut out of the last Jordan Smith. Atlanta Jordan. Yeah, yeah. Atlanta's gonna put it. In I like don't know. Why. He's one of the on best supporters, one. but Nick has been systematically we got you cutting games, him out. But for some reason, yeah, I'm sorry, but I didn't stay on that list. So we'll get you in there about 18 times this time. It's the last 30 names are just gonna be Jordan, Jordan, Smith, Jordan, Smith, Jordan, Smith, Jordan Smith, Jordan Smith, Jordan Smith, Jordan Smith, Smitty, 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 Jordan Smith. Now I'm uh, gonna once. I'll get you in this time. My topic is pulled from the headlines of Greg's life. First dates. We all know that I'm single. I'm ready to mingle. Sure. Going single on. and ready to mingle. You can be my hype man. You can walk around and say these things. And <laughs> Kev- <laughs> Did I that right? I guess. I don't know. If that was, was the saddest woo I've ever it's heard. Like, it made so me it was like, like Ric Flair, Flair, right? Ric Flair. Yeah. Who? Oh, no. Is that, is that why you saying who? Oh, it's woo? Yeah. Well. You're, it's okay. You got time to. Can I try it again? Yeah. Woo! All right, it's better. That's oh, no. Better. I mean, no. It's no, so it's not good. It's better. How does the hair look when I do it? It goes I don't know why it bothers me so much. It like makes my balls go inside. Jesus, <laughs> That's my, my balls have been inside this entire show. So I want to know what makes good first dates. I want to hear good first date stories. Tim, what makes a good first date? Uh, first date makes a good first date. Yeah. First dates to have a bad first date, you need to really, really try. You are two people going in wanting to like each other. Sure, I think it's one of those things where it's it, you're gonna have a good time. You're gonna be absolutely infatuated with the experience because you're either talking about you a lot or hearing about somebody you're new learning lot, about right? somebody brand new either way you're presenting your best self you're trying to be funny you're trying to you're, you're thinking about every action you're doing and mm-hmm. i think that you stop doing that every date afterwards until you <laughs> get to a point where you don't think at all and you're, you're just shitting with the door you're open. just there yeah exactly yeah. happens this um, morning that's how I, we communicate <laughs> i there is definitely something special about first dates but I, it's just it's funny and uh, i have a lot of friends who go on a lot of dates um, most of them being first dates most of them being last dates mm-hmm. but that those dates kind of there's there's no downside to it 
It's like even a bad first date is usually still a good experience. Sure. Um, good story. If you really don't like the person, then you're like, all right, cool. I wasted an hour, two hours, whatever it is. You know, if it's really, I, there's very few times I've heard people be like, I like left. I was like not into this. There have been those stories. I don't know if you've been on enough first dates because I've had plenty of bad first I mean, I'm, dates. I'm, like I've had, I've had a fair amount and like, but I'm mainly talking about all my friends' experiences. I've had some bad ones, but we're not doing that because uh, for the record, we did casual dating on five fourteen fourteen and worst dates ever on eight twenty six fourteen. One of those was the Alexis episode, or yeah. And you, I mean, you told the one about how you were, you went out with somebody. And you're just like, this isn't good. Do you want to go get a drink? You're like, I was like, nah. You yeah, your separate ways. And then, and that's happened. I mean, like the, the the worst the worst part of it is when you when you realize you don't like the person. So what makes a good first date? Then? So what makes a good first date is well, first ensuring that the person actually wants to be on a date with you because I've made that trouble. mistake. That's trouble. Where I'm like, um. You didn't think this was a date, oh. did you? That's bad. Well, that's See, not a first date, then. It is what you thought it was. Like, when you ask someone, mm-hmm. hey, do you want to go grab dinner with me? And they say, sure, uh, that sounds great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you get and there you go, with cool. the flowers and the candy. And then you get there, and they're, like, talking about their boyfriend. You're like, oh, I did not clarify. This is my bad. I did not clarify No, I was talking about it in, the, in, in Christine my brain. And I's yeah, first well, I'm date, talking about something very different. Christine and I's first date, we went out or whatever, and we uh, I took her to the, She liked desserts, and so we went to um, Citizen Cake. Remember Citizen mm-hmm. Cake? Closed yeah. it up now. Very sad. Right, we dude. went down there or whatever, and the check came. And I grabbed it and she's like, oh, you want to split? I'm like, no, no, that's a first date. I'll pay for it. She goes, is it? And I was like, oh, shit, fuck. I thought we made this clear. We had this whole conversation. Where right. Like, I thought you were joking. I'm like, why would I joke about that? And da, 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 da. Yeah, people, you have to you have to clarify that first and foremost. And, yeah. I, and I know that you sometimes think that you have, but sometimes it's not. No, I've been that's, on a, couple that's first a very, dates. very yeah. good point. I take back everything I said. If you're talking about a friend that is now being turned into a potentially first date. No, I'm talking about Tinder. I'm talking about you're at a bar and get someone's number. Sure, and that's, that's first all date. great. Yeah. Those are first dates. And those flawless. Like, I, I really don't think you can fuck that up unless it's bad, in which case you move on. But still, I I'll feel like it's that. a fun first date because sure. no matter what, you get to think about where you're going, what you're going to do. You're constantly thinking about where's this going to go next and I'm about to get some, about to get my dicks up. Uh, Jesus! Or not, right? <laughs> you you escalated know? so quickly, Tim. Maybe you guys are just going to talk all night. <laughs> That's not quickly escalating, Greg. If you ain't escalating that quickly, you ain't doing it oh, right. Jesus, God. Right. Oh, my this God. Is, uh, the, the game only has so many innings, if you know what I mean. And then you fucking die. <laughs> <laughs> Sports, sports. No, you nailed it. You nailed it. Uh, to me, I'm I'm with you on that one, right? So the excitement of meeting someone and being and, and having that when you've obviously figured out that it is in fact a first date and that person is as excited about going on the date as you is great. Um, I think it's an awesome opportunity to show this person, especially if you're the male and you're at, and you were the one that did the inviting, who you are and what you like, mm. right? Um, so you know, I I took my wife on a first date to this uh, Indian place that I loved. Down on, I think it was on Folsom. I don't know if it's still there. I haven't, we haven't not been back because it's laden with carbs. As I literally come, to he's allergic out. to carbs. Haven't been back. They hurt the ice cream scoops in in, in five to six years. Um, but it was great. I was like, I asked her one simple question: I'm "Like, do you like Indian food?" She's like, "Yeah, my grandma take you to my favorite restaurant." And we spent the entire like we spent like three hours longer there than we had to, just talking and drinking and mm. enjoy like the you know the, the food like you don't even eat really. You're just like kind of trying to whittle away in between sentences. You don't want to be rude and you're just. In fact, with this all you're thinking you. about is her sucking your dick. I mean, I, that's Jesus. all I ever think about. <laughs> it's, it, it, I don't understand how you're so much cruder on this show than love and sex stuff. Jesus. Because love and sex stuff, I have a responsibility. Yeah, we this have show some fucking creepy ass laugh you did that too. They both have creepy ass laughs. Some fucking super villain laugh. There's only so uh, many innings, then you die. <laughs> 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 Colin, what makes a good first date? I don't think I've ever been on a first date. I, when, I, when I was really thinking, like when I was really thinking about this, I don't think that's ever happened. Like I, so I wait, just, then how do you count your how do you count the, your relation? How, so I, I've been in probably. Dorm room and they have sex with them. 
I've been probably half dozen relationships in my life, like real relationships. Mm-hmm. And they all, I mean, like my girlfriend in high school, I met when I played hockey. She was a figure skater. So I met her and I knew her. I like that so movie. So like, so yeah, exactly like that movie. You know what I'm talking about? The one, what is it? Blades of Glory. You nailed it. Blades of Glory. Um, and topic, then, uh, topic, topic. it's really not important. And then, uh, my girlfriend in college for most of college, <laughs> I met when I was a freshman in my freshman dorm and I, I did You meet them, not on a date. I mean, you, you go out with, with them, them at some point, see, right? I don't remember. Dates, though. Yeah, that's not, that's what I'm saying. Like I already know, like they're, that, that nullifies the ability to go on a first date, which is fine with me. I agree. Um, and so, and then I dated another girl in college that I, for a little while. And then, uh, yeah. And so like, for instance, like with, with Aaron, um, I knew Aaron for 13 years when we started dating. So it's like, we don't have a first date. Like we, we went on a, we went, we go on dates. We go on dates all the time, mm-hmm. but I don't, I don't think you have that classic. Like I'm getting to know you first date and stuff. It's like, we were like, we, I know her better than almost anyone in this but world. So it's like, at some point you said, Hey, do you want to like get together? Sure. And we went out and we had a great time. We just yeah. went and did it. We do what we do all the time when we go out, which is we go out and we have good food and good drinks right. and we laugh. And that's like, and I found finally someone who like actually accepts me. For who I am, which is really nice. She's you a know. saint. She should get. She, she sure is. I was she talking sure about the comedy drama slash sport edge. movie, The Cutting Edge. Topic. Topic. That's what you. That's what you wanted me to. You wanted that's to say the topic for me to jump quote from that movie. I don't like, remember you the movie. Yourself a cutting edge I don't. <laughs> I'm a diehard TV Sweeney fan, my friend. So, so what I'm saying is like, I just, I don't think I've ever been on that classic. Like, oh, I mean, like, I've never like met a girl, given her my number, or gotten her number, or whatever, and then like, huh. and like, and then we meet. So I've never, never, not once, never has that happened, and. You know, thankfully, I'm, I'm those days are behind me now. So it's like I've never I think I've gone through my entire life without having done that. But yeah, Aaron and my first date was aw- was awesome. I mean, uh, we actually went out with her and her cousin and we had like a, we fucking laughed and la- it was like it was an awesome time. But again, I don't consider that the classic first date. You know, like mm-hmm. I just don't consider that. The, and, I, and I think when I look back at well, the you know, other relationships, I don't think I ever had that classic first date because when I was in high school or college, I was fucking poor. I wasn't going on dates. And, you know, like we would hang out at each other's houses or like, you know, go to the movies or do something like that. But I don't I don't actually remember any of that shit. Like when I actually think so back funny. at like those relationships, I, I'm like, I have no fucking idea what we did. You know, I remember all my probably all my first dates. Like I remember the first girl I dated in high school, like seriously dated. We went miniature golfing and, I, and it was me and my buddy was dating her sister. Your buddy Stu? No, it was like my buddy, <laughs> my buddy Ryan, who we actually became really good friends because of that, because he had mentioned that she liked me. And I was like, no, this is actually... I'm gonna take a step back here. Here we go. Give me some, give me give me a little bit of background. So going into my junior year, I became drum major, right? Yeah, and did. I believe that was the year where I decided sophomore year is when I was assistant drum major. Still had the ponytail. Junior year, my band director was like, "Fine, you can be drum." Major. I had a fight to be drum major. I was clearly the best, but he wanted to keep me on clearly. trumpet because I was also clearly the best on trumpet. Well, Clay was better, but it doesn't really matter. Um, <laughs> fuck you, Clay. Going into that year, I was like, "Fine, I'm gonna get serious about this." I dropped weight. And I cut my hair. And coming back into band camp into my junior year, I finally got the attention of one of the drill team I was, girls. You open the door and it's like that slow motion it walk. Was, and they're all like, who's that? I'm just, we were sitting at the table and I was just being my normal goofball self. And then later my buddy Ryan comes up to me and he's like, hey, she kind of likes you. And I was like, yeah, yeah, she's cool. And he's like, no, no, she likes you. I was like, oh, shit. Like, it was that panic second where I'm like, this girl's good looking. And like, you know, in high school, you're like. Yeah, you're very superficial. I mean, she was a very nice girl, but I was like, she's hot as hell. And if I date her, that will be dope. So he's like, what do you want to do? I was like, I don't, know. I don't even know how to do this. I've never actually like done this before. And he's like, I'll tell you what, we're going to get a double date together and I'll, I'll set it all up. Don't worry about it. I know the girls like miniature golfing. You just come along and that way it's all goofball. No one's good at it. You don't have to be good at it. You don't have to be bad. At it. I just have fun. And we went out and it was a fucking blast. And I ended up dating her for like eight months. Oh, nice. Super sweet girl. Super sweet girl. And then she died. 
<laughs> what? Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's still alive, so because I Facebook stalk her. Um, but How many yes. kids? What's that? How many kids? No, I don't actually Facebook stalk okay. her. Can't find her. Um, <laughs> she attempted Facebook stalk at least. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are on another level. Today. I know it's fun. I got, I got sleep last night. Um, but that's that. You know that was fun. That was that was a very that's like imprinted in my brain. I'm like that was a great night, right? Sure. That was that was a night where I'm like I don't know what's going to happen here i'm just trying to be the best version of myself possible and she's laughing and for some reason she keeps looking at me and i think we're going to make out and then we're making out and i'm like this is awesome i'm making out yeah this is the, this is the best thing ever and i'm like no, i'm cool to, with this i mean to the point i mean what tim said in a bit of what colin was you know putting in examples of like that's what's that is i i agree of what works about a first date right and i don't i never meant it as the classic Somebody sliding you a napkin with their number. You've never spoken to them before. You, the first date you go out with somebody where you, you are so interested in each other and what their stories and their experiences mm-hmm. and what their lives are because it's all brand new. Yeah. Whereas like you and I go out to dinner now and we just fucking stare at the TV. We got nothing to say to each other. But I've really never, I guess what I'm saying time. is like, not that I'm, I've not, I've just been in, you know, a handful of relationships or whatever, but um, I guess what I'm saying is like, I've never just gone out with someone I just randomly met. I already knew the person yeah, like, yeah. every time. Like, so it's, it's, that's what I'm saying is like, it's just. It's just different, you know, like I, so I, what I'm saying is like, I'm out of, I'm out of that particular game. I've never had that particular experience of being like, I don't really know you. We like each other and we go out on a date, whether I was in high school or college. So how or, do you, I mean, how do you define how well you know somebody then? Cause I don't, I've never like just seen somebody at a bar and been like, you want to go out tomorrow or something. I've talked to them. I've known them through friends of friends or whatever. No, no, pretty well. I mean, like, like I, I don't know. I've never, I guess I've just, I guess maybe it's cause I'm a little bit shy in those kind of social situations where I just. I don't know. I, I guess I don't know. I just don't have that much experience in it. So I just, just brood I, I, in the corner and like, who's that brooding? Who's that man? brooding? Beautiful beautiful like when we were at Momocon. What was it? Momocon, right? Where he, then we yep. went to that party and called him like Red Dracula on a couch. That was hilarious. <laughs> it was I'm great. It was a great book. I hadn't read it in a while. There's that nothing that makes me happier than the idea of you and Aaron going on dates. We had nice food, drinks, and we just laugh and laugh. Like that person is just so funny. To <laughs> so well, that's the, well, that's the funny. That's the funny thing about well, that like. Aaron and I connect on like this level. I've never connected with anyone before where it's like, you know, and we did in college, which is so funny. Like we, we probably should have been dating for a very long time, which is that the timing never worked out or whatever. Um, where like we, she really like makes me laugh like from my gut and like I make her laugh. Like that's like, that's like a big piece of our, our relationship. I think is like our, is our humor or just like not even when we're actively laughing when we just like, we're just having a, like a, a genuinely good time with each other. Like she, it's just, it's not like any other relationship I've ever been in, which is why I really want this to be the end of the road because it's like, you know, I don't know. Like you always have to kind of try or adjust certain things and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I just don't really feel that way in this, in, in yeah. this relationship, which is like really nice. Like I'm, I'm a fucking weird dude. I know that I'm not, I'm not oblivious to it. I'm, no. I'm, I'm quirky and, and like, <laughs> like weird shit and like, you know, like do all sorts of, you know, I, I'm into politics, but also music. I like to write, but I also like video games. I like, and like to have someone that like doesn't try to change you, but tries to like, be with you understand and like and you, understand yeah. you and like actually take interest in anything you do at all which is fucking totally new to me is exciting yeah. you know and yeah. like and like really nice like I, I was making the joke and Connor Greg live I like turned to her and like just smiled the other day when we were like I was on my phone in bed and she was and she was playing Vita she's playing foul play on Vita and she literally said why would anyone want to play on an iPhone like I don't understand why anyone would play on a phone when you can play on one of these and I looked at her and I'm like marry me <laughs> it's not even important to me that she plays video games or doesn't she really doesn't she's like playing them because she's more into them now she doesn't know what video games really were sure. or how they how they've adapted until we started dating um but just the fact that she says that about that i was like this is so yeah. funny man because she really means it that's the other that's the other funny right. thing and i'm like this is so funny service. 
So it's just so that's like a different kind of situation for me than I've ever been in before, where it's a much more comfortable situation. So when we go out, I'm not really trying to do anything, you know, like. Oh, sure. Just, yeah, yeah. That's you're, that's long gone. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, last yeah. date, not first date. So, what about you, anyway. Gia? Where do you count your first date? So, I mean, what's funny about that is we did we never had one because of that type of situation where it was like it was already like like we hooked up like the first day we met. So it was just like, all right, cool. The first date goes out the window kind of after that because we, um, we, we met well, at the, the problem is, Yeah, and they the, a hot dog, the, but not the bun. The problem Huge is, hot dog is the uh, the first date that we had was then like so she is best friends with my best friend's girlfriend who's also one of my really really oh, Colonel. Beyonce now uh one of my really 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 close friends so we just hung ended up hanging out and then we all hung out after that so it was like our first date after like meeting was all of us hanging out we went to uh get burgers somewhere and it was just like whatever go big Jane so then, then like yeah then like a couple weeks in then we like kind of McDonald's McDonald's got to, then it was just like alright we're together like that like, we had the talk we DTR to how, find the relationship nice how long you gotta do that uh, I don't I don't remember the timeline sorry I thought things I, moved fast okay right there um, but probably like a couple weeks in it was just like alright cool this is a thing um, but then like I made a joke out of it where I'm like I'm gonna take you on our first date like, mm. we never did mm. that so yeah then we did this thing but that's not really first date then I just fucking went all out and did some dumbass bullshit Tim plan because that's what I do. Yeah, Kevin helped out. It's at that hotel room. Yeah. It was great. Oh, it was the first awesome. date was a hotel room. Well, it ended in a hotel. Did well, someone had dinner. to put the chains and all that. Like, yeah, he put a whole bunch of shit in there. Oh, they, they yeah. were doing the Fifty Shades of Grey thing. Yeah, you gotta, yeah. You gotta. That's the thing about Tim Gettys. I'm sorry, Kevin wants to chime in. Yeah, you ever want to impress the shit out of a girl? Yeah. If you ever like, he's very hey, authoritative about this. Hey, yeah. This is date number like say let's say Don't date matter. number five, date number Don't whatever. But you're like, hey, let's do something awesome. We got you, boy. We got you. Ooh, we're gonna we're do real good great. at that shit. Wait, do you have like a plan ready to go? Or is oh, yeah. It? Okay. Well, yeah. No, well, we, we've, 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 yeah. Do you want to run me through we, one of the packages? Run me no, through no, one of the no, packages. No, 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 no. <laughs> Here's the problem. We can't There's run anything private packages because it's private shit because then yeah, everyone well, knows. Do you know yeah. how many girls are out there that you're going to date one day, Greg Miller? No. Probably two to at least two to three. I don't want them to hear this and be like. Oh, uh, he's well, doing the tier two plan. I thought I was at least a tier. Oh, one. good point. I don't. I, mean, well, I, I gotta save the platinum package. Tier yeah. structures. Oh my yeah. god. Yes. <laughs> Jesus. That's the other funny thing about really like relationships in this particular relationship with Aaron is that like, you know, you just kind of when you really do care. I think this is where you're at too with with Gia. When you really do care, like really really care mm-hmm. and like really really are into it and really really like like quite um uh smitten I, I, smitten. That's a great word or whatever. Yeah. You really do do your best for that person, no matter what. Like yeah. to like, you know, not no boring shit. No, because I'm a very boring person, right? Like I'll sit at home and play fucking Vita and that's exciting and watch Thirty for Thirty all day if I could. Yeah, that's like the Alan Iverson one yet, huh? You watched one by Alan Iverson. Yeah, I did. I watched that one. Yeah, that's boy. for me. Um, the one question I have, I mean, because we've 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 somehow dodged this completely. Is I want to hear about Greg's. How many first dates have you been on in your in your in your free in my life? No, not in your. I don't. Even, I don't even want to know about anything but this post. This, oh. this new single life. Okay. This post relationship life. New Fifty Two, Greg. Oh, the New Fifty Two, <laughs> yeah. where they've rebooted the universe, but I still have Portillo, which I'm always a yeah, big fan yeah, of. Yeah, and yeah. Kevin and I are really good friends. Yeah. Shit. Like, it's kind of shit. It's, it's true. We've gone from like before, like I was Clark and he was Jimmy Olsen, and like I, you know, yeah, he, yeah. I was like his mentor. And but now we are New Fifty Two, Clark and Jimmy, where we're best, we're besties. We're texting each other. We're going, we're going out to dinner. How you doing, Kev? Pretty good. You, you didn't tell me to turn up the rock and roll. Yeah, no, that was that was I death know, and return. I That's know, different. That turn it off. <laughs> what a stupid thing. You remember this? No. You remember this? No. They kill Superman, right? He comes back, Colin. I'll skip all the cyborgs and all this stuff, right? He comes back. <laughs> it turns out, Colin, 
that they had given away his apartment, of course, because Clark Kent, they thought, was dead. Turned out they lied and just said he was buried under some rubble and he got out fine. Still had all his muscle mass. It was a very interesting way of how that would possibly be a thing. But so Clark has to move in with Jimmy. And so for them to show you that Superman is still hip and young kids, when they when he when he comes in to start moving in, Jimmy gets all sad and he's like, Oh, I'm sorry, I'll turn down the music for you, Clark. I was listening to some heavy metal. And Clark goes, Turn it up, Jimmy. And that, that was it. That's when people were like, holy shit, Superman's on another <laughs> level. <laughs> I, was listening to, uh, I was listening to Jimmy Olsen's Blues this morning, by the way. Anyway, Oh, where are you? Pocketful of Kryptonite. What a, what a great album there. Spin Doctors, New York City Zone. Uh, I've been on one first date so far, and I'm going on another tonight. Another <laughs> first date. <laughs> yes, exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is exciting. Who is the... Who, so, well, not who, but what... what what precipitated the first first date? Damn, precipitated. And uh, then what precipitated... Big fan. The second Why hold first that date? like it's uh, coming out of you? <laughs> okay. Whoa. No, no. Oh, that's going to hurt your teeth. Oh, no. Don't, don't, oh, don't. don't. I can't even look at that. Uh, I can't like even look at that. It's lead. <laughs> yeah, it's lead. Uh, what precipitated the first mm-hmm. first date? Uh, I had met her at a, at a friend's gathering. Good first step. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And I was like, you're cool. And she's like, you're cool. And then we didn't talk for a while. And then Instagram DM hit off a conversation. It wasn't like that. It wasn't like. But no, it wasn't like. It wasn't like a Tim DM. No, no, it was. Did you DM her a picture of your? No, that's the whole point. Is what I'm saying. That's not what I do. Do you? You When you you meet a woman, do you immediately tell her they have a small dick so she doesn't get disappointed? I like to set the bar low, kind of like kind of funny. We just set it at low expectations, and then if if they ever see it, like oh. This is and then you have to go when you and then you're about to have sex. You have to go through your drawer and you're like, let me get the baby condoms. Can't find them here. I got the jeweler eye out. Yeah, I got the jeweler eye out. Huh? Shut up, Kevin. How's that for a microphone? <laughs> what was that? Oh, you weren't using the microphone? I gotcha, gotcha. I can hear him. That's all that matters. And then a similar thing with the second first stage of somebody I've, I've met before. And now we're, we're both single. So what is your expectation of the date tonight? And I don't, I don't mean sexually. I just Every mean, first I just date, mean, I expect to marry that person. You think so? Yeah. If I like him enough to date, no, I don't expect I'll marry him every time I go on a I, was, I believed you. Because <laughs> I, mean, I got I, those Midwest values. I always sort of went into all my first dates hoping that it would it would play out like you like the person so much you don't want it to end, right? And so sure. you, you know you do that thing where you keep finding things to do. Like She's like, I guess it's getting late. You're like... Yeah, I mean, I could go for more drink if you want. Oh, let's go for another coffee. Sure. I whatever dessert. The yada yada yada. Um, anything to kind of hang out with you each pull other a over longer. in front of her house, and you like try to find a reason to talk, and then four hours later, you're still parked in front of her house. Yeah, exactly. Right. right. Um, That's the, the weird best. thing about being adults in San Francisco is just not having a car. Mm. You guys you're have cars, wrong. I guess. I guess. <laughs> walk. But just like walk. I, re- I remember that, like in high school, yeah, going out on dates or whatever, and like you know, you pick somebody up and you're like outside psyching yourself up, and you get out of the car and walk to the house, and bring them back, da da and then like a little bit in college but it was like all right see you at your dorm or whatever and like then yeah now i mean I, i'm brand new to being single just meeting people but i mean the last round of singlehood when i was an adult person same thing of just meeting people's places it's the same general concept right though i mean like you're still trying to figure out like you're still picking her up potentially unless yeah. you're meeting her there but you're gonna get that uber black car yeah get that uber black car go pick her oh, up no, get that I'm, uber I'm meeting people I'm get meeting that uber black car you don't, you don't pick people up in an uber get an uber Fuck xl black car. Black car. i want like a giant limo. stretch limo <laughs> that when you go into it's like a prom limo and it's like a one bottle really shitty i mean, I mean like the ruffled tux like no. a corsage go in the other direction and show that you're an everyman uber pool, pool. <laughs> hey that. caller i'm i'm gonna drop the pin right now can you do the same thing we'll try to get in the same pool <laughs> see now that that's where it's at though that's i'm hilarious. a big fan of the like let them figure it out they're empowered people 
they do their thing. They'll meet you where you're going, unless you have a car, and then pick them yeah, up. See, the, pro- the problem is man. this, though. Like, the car was genius because the car got you one step closer to being inside the house or the apartment. I thought you were going to go somewhere else with that. <laughs> no, no, no. Or, or you, could, I mean, you could do stuff in the car, too, yeah. right? Got you I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not a strong advocate of sex on the first date. I've only done it a handful of times. It tends to result in marriage. Um, <laughs> after all that Indian food? <laughs> It's a lot of booze and spicy well. meatball. Um, no, but I, I, I'm not a huge advocate of like of, of having sex on the first day. I think it kind of can complicate things, right? There's a lot of feelings and emotions that you're having. Um, having said that, though, if that is your goal, your goal needs to be getting close to some place where you can do that. And sometimes it's easier to do that with a car than it is with an Uber because you have to define it, right? Like, hey, where are we going next? I guess I'll order an Uber. Do I need to order an Uber too, or are we Ubering to the same place, which is my pants? Whoa, is that happening? Yeah. Is that does the Uber driver drop a pin in there? Or does it, can they just see the flagpole from twenty yards out? Uber pool, Uber pool. whoever's welcome. I do recommend an Uber pool though, because how fun of that conversation? Be no, like, that's we're fantastic. On a first date. This oh, is hilarious. Yeah, that's horrible. That's awesome. That no, every that's awesome. every date you get the Uber up from there. So you start with Uber pool, and then you go like Uber. Uh, you go Uber, just Uber, Uber X, X. And Uber yeah. like like whatever the fuck taxi. it is. They got Uber taxi. Uber taxi, yeah. And then you got and, and then, black car. Then you call like then you like fucking call an audible and you get on in a Lyft one date. Then you go back to Uber and you get in the Uber you know XL and the Uber black. I like that. There's a, a war of escalation. Right. I like that too. I like that too. Thank God you're done. <laughs> thank God you're off the market <laughs> for everyone involved. Thank, everyone. thank God across the board. Colin, yeah. What's your topic? Gambling. Uh, Aaron and I went to uh, Las Vegas uh, for the second time in six or seven months. Uh, she and I went. Um, and what I find, she really likes going to Vegas. And I, I've always, I've liked, I like Vegas too, for, but for different reasons. Like I like just being in casinos. I didn't really, mm-hmm. I'd gamble every once in a while, but yeah. I like just being there. I like smoking. I chain smoke like you wouldn't even fucking believe yeah. when I'm in a casino. Just constantly smoking. Always. Um, and uh, what I realized the last two times I had went, um, I've always kind of been into gambling in a very minor sense. Like I, I play uh, when Nate still lived here, Nate Ahern. Um, we you used to play poker nights. We right? did poker nights yeah. like every other week, every three weeks for years. Um, so like I was we never would, invited. We, of course you weren't. But uh, <laughs> but uh, we like so we, like I but that was those were low stake games. Twenty dollars each. You'd win two hundred dollars if you won or something like that. It's nothing to really lose. We did fantasy movie league. We bet a hundred dollars. We I do. Which we all the, lost. The, by yeah, that. of course. The my I, the most the most lost. serious the most serious game I do is in that fantasy football league with my uncle and his friends, where you know you can lose a lot of money, but no, no more than usually five hundred bucks or something like that. And you win, a, you can win an asinine amount of money in the league, like five thousand dollars. So, um, but I I kind of like have started to pay closer attention to gambling culture the last two times I'd gone there and like what it is to gamble. And I got lost at a blackjack table myself one night for two nights actually, but one night for like a long time, um, and realized that. Uh, man i get it now you yeah. know like uh i got it in such a way where i'm like i can't do this anymore mm-hmm. actually because mm-hmm. oh really it's 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 not even it's not even that i'm trying to win it's that i'm trying not to lose so i'm never worried about like losing thousands of dollars it's not gonna happen right it's just not gonna happen it's just the constant exercise yeah. and anxiety you're like god damn it i don't want to lose five dollars like, again so aaron and i were sitting at like a, the 15 dollar blackjack table both nights like one of them uh, which was like uh, we were staying at the venetian and that's like really the lowest you can possibly play for other places you can play for like 10 bucks maybe even less but um but people play for 25 dollars a hand 50 dollars a hand 100 dollars a hand so we're not playing at those tables like i'm playing literally with a hundred dollars at to begin with so i can play six and a half times or so right at, without winning and then, uh, then i bust um and I really found it to be an amazing experience. Now, Aaron's like really good at blackjack. And what I realized was 
that this game, first of all, takes actually quite a bit of skill. And second of all, everyone knows how to play. Everyone knows like what the idea is to get 21 or get as close to 20 as possible. But it is so much deeper than that. Yeah. And like I learned I learned that through her and through like you're sitting at like tables where like no one really seriously is playing. So the dealers are like very friendly and they'll like help you and be like, like I'll ask them over. And I'm like, what does the book say? You know, like you're, you're showing an eight. I have 14. They're like, you should probably you assume I have a 10. You should hit, you know, I like over and over again. Mm-hmm. I learned like all of this random shit that I can't believe I didn't know about blackjack. Like I always thought that the blackjack dealer was playing the hand, but they're like, no, the blackjack dealer plays until he hits 17. Yeah, that's it. He has to stop. And I'm like, I didn't know that. I thought that they were like trying to take your money. They're like, no, actually, the blackjack dealer is like totally ambivalent. Like, it doesn't matter. The blackjack dealer is like one of the few dealers that doesn't really give a fuck if you win or lose. They want you to win because you're tipping them. So, like, it's right. So I was like, oh, it's very interesting. So uh, one of the, so there's a few cool aspects that I learned about gambling in Vegas that I never really experienced b- before um, when Erin and I were there. And I'm thankful. I'm kind of thankful to her that she 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 introduced me, me to, to this kind of this kind of stuff, which is. A, like there's an interesting camaraderie at a table, especially when you sit there for hours and hours where you mm-hmm. meet people, people are coming and going, people are busting and making a shit ton of money, you know, like all around you. We sat with this guy named Mark, uh, who from the from the East Coast, who was just there for the UFC fights. Oh, and cool. uh, he sat with us for like five hours. We just got to get, get to know the guy. We're ordering drinks. We're, I'm chain smoking black and miles. I can't like barely breathe the next day. I was chain smoking so many black and miles. And then I'd smoke cigarettes in between. I had a cigar. I just lit that up. You had to cool off a black and miles. I was like, it was like, and and like just serving. I had a beer and a bourbon in front of me at all times. Or like just, and, and uh, so like, I liked kind of the relationships I was making with these people. These people just coming and going. Like you're just mm-hmm. getting little glimpses into their lives. And then yeah. it disappears. This woman sits down at the table. Her husband's like nervously sit, standing behind her. Every time she wins like more than $25, he takes it and puts it in his pocket to like try to make the money back that they're making. These two girls, uh, sat next to us on like either side of us and like we're using all their money and they ran out of money and like couldn't even get a cab to like go to the airport there was like a, there was like a woman um, and this is like so this is like kind of some of the shit that I was like where I'm like huh this isn't this doesn't seem cool where there's like this 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 blonde girl sits sits down at the edge of the table playing very friendly very nice but clearly drunk like clearly very drunk mm-hmm. just kept putting hundred dollar bills on the table kept busting over and over again and i'm like at some point is someone going to fucking tell like say like maybe we shouldn't be taking this woman's money but lo lo and behold they don't give a flying fuck mm-hmm. like they'll just take all your money off that's vegas i mean you have to have some personal responsibility nonetheless the the best story of the second night was Thanks this drunk this big drunk guy with us like a tray of chips more than everyone else at the table had on them we probably had maybe six or seven hundred dollars combined between like six players like no one had any money we we're just playing for fun this guy comes up. He probably has a thousand dollars or more. Takes half of his. He takes, takes half of him. Just puts it in the first position. Plays a game. Loses. Bust. Then takes the other half. Puts it down. Wins. And then just puts all of his chips back in and, and walks away from the table. And never see that guy again. I saw that guy for a minute and a half. Lose all of his money. Then win all of his money back. And then he went to bed, presumably, or something like that. I'm yeah, like, there's the like table. all these. Yeah, I was gonna say he's looking for the table. It's hot. Yeah. All, all these. It's like so. And his friends were being like, "Come on, man!" Like, like he was totally bombed, and they were like not helping him really at all. And I just kind of like dug the vibe, you know, like of mm-hmm. like as long as you're not getting too deep into it. I lost like three hundred dollars over the weekend. Yeah, not really a big deal, right? There are people that are losing that left, or right, and center on one hand. They're losing that in a fraction of a hand. I mean, people have I've heard stories of people losing asinine amounts of money, like unheard of amounts oh, yeah. of money, tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah. You know, at like people that you know, like well, not what we would know, but people like in your life, like like are losing everything. Oh no, yeah, famous. And you hear like famous people that have a lot of money and have a gambling problem. That's how they lose it all. Yeah. Right? But but that was the first time in me where I'm like, I never understood like why you know. And then I was mm-hmm. like, but as long as you keep it under uh, in check, I'm not trying to win. That's like really not what I'm trying right. to do. I'm trying to just survive long enough to have fun, long enough to meet people, 
and smoke and drink for free. You're drinking for free. You know, like yeah. you, you can drink all night basically for free. You're just giving them little tips. You building camaraderie with people around you and stuff like that. And I'm like, I like this. This is fun. As long as I keep it in check, I don't give a fuck if I win $200 a night. The cost of doing business or sitting at this table for five hours, you know, like right. not really a big deal. You sit out a few hands. If you're losing, you kind of get a read for the table. I enjoyed it. So I was curious, like what you guys think of like of gambling in general, because like I play fantasy football and that is technically gambling as well, or just gambling in Vegas. Um, and if you guys get into that and, and, and what game you play and what you enjoy, because I really got to give it up to Aaron because she really introduced me to blackjack. I thought that was a very I thought that was a simple game that everyone understood and was easy to play. And it is not. It is. It is apparently a, a low uh, return game. Yeah, it's, it's but but it is a safe game and a fun game. And I like liked it. And like when you hit when you hit 21, when they like, oh, like, I, 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 like I'm like or when you split like I, I split a card like I got two sixes. I split them and then I got another six. and I split that and then I scored like. Like two aces and a and a queen, and they had like a three like a three show or whatever, and I won like fucking like in one hand like seventy dollars. I'm like, this is awesome. Yeah, you know, like you feel that exhilaration, but then like that that low as well when you lose all your money and you eventually bust. But then I got to be honest with the end of the night, we were there four or five in the morning. I'm like, I was like, I'm ready to bust. I I put all my shit like fifty dollars left the chips. I was like, I'm just gonna play them all. I gotta go to bed. You know, so like, wasn't even I wasn't even like trying to left with the money. I know, but it was just like, you know what, like whatever. Let's see what happens. If I double up, then I get some of my money back, and now it's really not the the end of the world. So what I'm saying is, I get it, I enjoyed it. So I want to hear your guys' stories. I wish I got it more. Um, I like blackjack fine. I had a similar experience in St. Louis at a bachelor party on the uh, riverboat down there, where I sat down at a good table, and it was one where the guy next to me saw me struggling, and then started like coaching me. I think actually it started when he got mad at me for taking his card. Yeah. It was something where I shouldn't have hit on what I hit on, but I wanted to hit. And then that was the card he needed. And he was like, what the fuck, man? And then he's like, so he explained it. And like, there was one point where I'm like, to the, and this is like St. Louis or whatever. And it's like, again, like a $5 table where I'm like, all right, hit. And then he goes, no, you don't want to hit on that. And like, she started to give me the card. Like it was already down. She's like, do you want me to take it back? I'm like, yeah. And so like, we, you know, it was like to that thing. And like, I, w- I walked away with $50 and I thought that was awesome. You know what I mean? For not doing it. But the, time to commit to learn it to be good at it and stuff because it is intimidating to sit down at some tables because you don't you're not always going to get like a group that wants to help you learn or play with you it is that they're serious and if they will get mad if you fuck up what the, you're you know what they're doing and all these other stuff yeah sitting in the first position apparently is the worst place to sit in blackjack because yeah. you can fuck everyone at the table yeah so i enjoyed it i enjoy it uh, when we go i you know for vegas it's I'll never forget when Brudvig and I went to Vegas for the first time for it was a Warner Brothers event where they were showing a million games it's where they revealed DC versus Mortal Kombat okay. and I think you were there I touched I you because I, I think we were doing was that something when, there. when Amy Doe was there too no because that was UFC and that wasn't a Warner Brothers game so maybe I'm completely God, wrong I but that poor girl I know you did I remember that's, that was my first real memory of you where she walked away all in a huff and I'm like why did you do it and you're like <sighs> Just cause, like, damn, Nick, <laughs> Mr. Scarpino. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they she, all die. She used to mess with me a lot too. That's no, she didn't. That's a, a lot of give and take there. So, uh, but I remember being there and Brudvig doing that thing where I'm gonna play uh, this. You know, it was like he's gonna play penny slots or whatever the hell it was. And I just remember like it was like you know the first six months at IGN. I'm like, well. I'm so broke. There's no way for me to afford to play, to get a drink. I'm going to go to bed. You know what I mean? Like I couldn't do it. And so when we've been back there, when it, whether it's a PSX uh, in what, 2014 or I, I was just there not too long ago with Poe. Poe was doing a, 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 a conference there. And both of those times it was like, I'm walking through and I have the money to spend now, but I don't want to sit down for a blackjack because I don't, I've forgotten everything I learned from that trip or whatever. And then uh, you sit, I usually, I look for a, a slot machine that would have, would be comical if I won. 
So the Britney Spears, the Ghostbusters, you know what I mean? Like something that would have a connection where I'm like, it'd be awesome to sit down and put in five bucks and win like the jackpot on the Ghostbusters machine. But like, that's, you know, rat doesn't happen, of course. I always walk away with Ghostbusters, little... Britney Spears, the tent poles. Of well, have you seen life. the Britney Spears machine? No, I haven't. It's, like, it's like getting in the Animus now. Like mm-hmm. you get into this like chair like this and you look up and it's like this full body weird ass thing that curves around the back of you. And you look at it and Britney dances and does stuff. Shows things. It's the actual. What's funny is too. It's the actual Britney. She's just behind glass. And I heard you put a quarter in. Oh baby, baby. <laughs> How was I supposed? Oh god. So I just play. So I just play those kind of machines. I yeah. I wish. I, I wish I understood roulette better. Uh, you know what I mean? Like I I was I always think it'd be cool. Like you know to walk in every time I go to Vegas maybe, and I have done it zero times. But every time I go to Vegas, it'd be cool to walk in and be like hundred dollars on black for one thing, and then whatever happens, just walk away. But I can't part with 100 bucks that easily i did when i was uh maybe it was psx if that makes sense i can't remember the time anymore but i was we were there for vegas one time when it was a mizzou game and i went and bet on mizzou and they're like do you want to cover the spread and i'm like i don't even know what that means i'm like just straight up <laughs> like you want them straight they're like all right fucking you know i lost all my money on that of course uh i'm kind of with you right Where like first off i'm surprised calling it you know you don't know more about blackjack because there is a tremendous amount of strategy and like um just understanding it, it's a pretty deep game when you get into it's it. It's shockingly it, deep. I had no it idea. All, it all it all changes depending on how many people are at the table and what the dealer's doing and all And how many stuff. decks you're playing with or whatever. How many decks whatever. you're playing with. Um, yeah, it's crazy. I had no idea. Yeah, it, really it's, it's... But I I can honestly say that I'm the world's worst gambler. Oh, yeah? I'm the guy that will lose all of his money, but for some odd reason, I take everyone else's bad luck. So if you gamble with me, you'll win. I will oh. lose. So, like, my friends love going to Vegas with me because they're like, let's go. And I'm like, I don't want to do this. And they're like, we'll buy you drinks for the rest of the trip, but just let's go. And I'll drop, like, 500 bucks, and they'll be up, like, 2000 It'll be ridiculous. Um, I just don't. You have to have a killer instinct to be a gambler, like an actual gambler. To go and gamble and have fun, you're like, okay. There's a difference between saying, I'm going to pull out 200 bucks, and if I lose 200 bucks, it's not a big deal. And saying, I'm going to double my bet every single hand until I yeah, win. Yeah. And then go back down to zero and do that again. Like, I have friends that do that. They come with, like, five to $10,000 and, and bet 100 bucks, lose. 200 bucks, lose. 300, like, 400 bucks, lose. 800, win. Great, I'm, I'm, I'm back and I'm, and I'm up, you know? And they do crazy shit like that where you're like, how long are you going to be up for? Like, do I have to come pull you away? Is there, like, a rule that we have to institute here where I come pull you away after a certain point? And they're like, no, this is, this is fun. Um, but I've also I've seen those same friends come back from Vegas really, really destroyed because they lost all their money. And that happens more often than not. Like I had a good buddy of mine that used to like I'd be like, where'd you go this weekend? He's like, nowhere. I'm like, did you fucking drive to Vegas? And he's like, yeah, I, just had, I had to gamble, I had to gamble. And that's like that's, that's to me where it becomes dangerous is that I obviously have a, a pretty highly addictive personality, right? No. Yeah. I mean, I love coffee, love cigarettes, love heroin. Um, <laughs> can't get enough. Of the opiates. So we're switching it over to heroin. Okay. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. It's supposed to be cocaine. Um, yeah, I didn't tell you. I mean, it's cocaine's too expensive. Now. Sure. I go with the H. I gotcha. Um, no, but you know, the cigarettes were a huge problem for me, and, and and as was food. And so the idea of gambling to me is very is scary because I don't like I don't like the idea of becoming addicted to something like that because that can actually ruin your life. Um, not that cigarettes can't ruin your life; they can end your life. But it's a slower, it's a much slower demise, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can mm-hmm. smoke till you're well into your 70s, 80s, and still be okay, and then drop dead of a heart attack but at least you've had all that time whereas gambling i could probably whittle through what i've managed to save up to this point in a night if i wanted to oh sure like easily one hand and to colin's earlier point these casinos don't make it hard for you 
They don't give a fuck if you're drunk or not. They don't care if you're got a mortgage. They, really house don't, they don't give they a, don't a fuck. fuck. And that's great. I mean, that's kind of like what it's not great. It's completely insidious and it's horrible. But that's what Vegas is, right? Like that. Like that's kind of what I've come to terms with. Is like Vegas will just eat you alive oh, yeah. if you let it. That's oh, just the way it is. Every single time I go personal to Vegas, responsibility. Go it's all about personal responsibility. So I did feel bad for that one girl because I was just like. I didn't know her at all, but I almost wanted to be like, you should not do this. Like, what are you doing? You know, like you don't even know, you don't even know what you're playing. You don't yeah. even know what you're doing, you know, like, um, but she, but who am I to say that's where she can, she's a grown yeah. person. She can do that herself. It's just, yeah, like I, the, what the, the big rule is if you don't play big, you can't lose big or win big. So like, um, I'm fine in that space, you know, like if I lose $300 over a weekend, it's like really not a big deal. You know, like it, it's really not so, especially compared to like the stories you're telling. I know people that have, have those same stories. Yeah, it's bad. that like they're like you cannot. It's not even worth gambling if you're not gambling a hundred, two hundred dollars at a hand. You know, or three hundred dollars in a hand. It's just not worth it. You know, because like you're like you're just gonna stay in the same space over and over again. If you win fifteen dollars at a blackjack table, and you win another fifteen dollars. You have thirty dollars. You know, like right. If you win, put three hundred dollars down. You're up three hundred dollars, and then you pay that again. You're up six hundred dollars, and it's like, and I'm like, I get it. I understand that, and that is true. And if you play like that, where you're like the, the war of escalation that you're talking about, it's actually maybe not a terrible way to play if you have the money, because like you probably can walk away even if you're smart or even up if you're smart. If you just keep playing those big hands, you will eventually probably win. Right. Especially if you're playing something like roulette or something, you know, craps or something like that. But like, I don't know. I just I understood it for the first time. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And uh, not for the first time. I enjoyed it when we went in December, actually, too. But this was the first time where I was like, she's trying like I'm asking questions. I'm observing. I'm talking to the pit boss. I'm like. Asking like, why can't I have my phone on the table? What are you doing when you put the cards in that little mirror thing? You know, sure. like, what are you like? Yeah, like, and I'm like, I'm like, so. And I'm like, okay, so you're seeing if you have 21 right off the bat. I'm like, so do you know what you're playing with? If you do that, like every time it's like, no, you only see an icon on the card that tells you you have it. I don't know what I'm playing with at all. And I'm like, okay, that's interesting. He, uh, you know, um, why you should blow smoke behind you instead of up when you're smoking at a table. Like why you should, why should you blow behind like, you? Like I, I think it has to, I think it, uh, cameras? I, yeah, I think it has to do with the cameras and all those kinds of things and all that kind of stuff. Like why they're like very carefully spreading money across the table and like saying it out loud when they're like giving you like chips and all stuff. I'm like, this is quite, quite yeah, but fascinating. All that stuff terrifies stuff. me, right? There's a reason behind all that. It's because people try to cheat and they get like dragged in the back room and their legs broken. Like that's Vegas is a seriously fucked up town where anything really is possible. And, probably shouldn't be because left to our own devices human beings are idiots we're all dumb and we all do stupid shit when there's no rules and vegas is a place where there's pretty much no rules um but i having said that i've dropped way more money on partying in vegas than i have ever gambling oh yeah me too just, just, stay, go, just go staying to, and eating there is yeah, way more expensive you, than you can go to a bar or, or a club and get bottle service and spend a thousand dollars like to just just to get the table you know so I'm not saying, you know, if you want to go drop 200 bucks on a, on a table, what you're talking about is an experience. And you had that's great, exactly you had a great what experience. Saying. You weren't gambling, though. No, no. Neither of us were really gambling no. the way you, you gamble were just having there. a great a fun time, a good experience. And to be honest, if you had drunk at a bar for four hours, you just probably spent more than two hundred dollars. Yeah, no, so exactly. So I'm, I'm thankful to her to like to, for introducing me to that. But I'm also really super kind of fascinated about it. I mean, like for the first time, it was the first vacation I had gone on in a long time. First place where I went where I'm like, I don't really want to leave in like a really Aww. long time. Like where I'm like, I'm like, usually like when we go away on trips for work or where we go, even when I go on some vacation, I'm like, I'm ready to get the fuck out of here. Like I got like, I, I want to go back home and just yeah. be my element. And this is a time where I'm like, I'm, I could stay here like another week. Yeah. That's the funniest thing yeah. about this is that you, you, Colin Moriarty is happy that he spent $300 for a social experience meeting random people. Yeah. Wow. Outside of his home. <laughs> Holy shit. I, know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who you something. are. Have you checked to make sure it's still our Colin? Did you do a DNA swab? Like just, those people didn't know him. They didn't want to talk to him about Vita. So that was fine. Oh, fair enough. That was, I think, I think this has to do with what we were talking about before with like, we were like the experience of like dating someone that 
that understand you at least changed the dynamic of your life a little mm-hmm. bit for the better. Like yeah, she's really brought added- you out of your uh, what's the part? What's the turn of shell? Phrase? Shell. Thank you. I was gonna say skin. <laughs> you got all the way there. She's pulled you out of your weird. skin. <laughs> she has though. I mean, like you know, you granted, I don't think you're gonna be a world traveler anytime soon, but the fact that you're able to go on a trip like that, enjoy Vegas, you know, be at peace with that whole experience and actually enjoy yourself. It was awesome. It's awesome. We we. But that's what it's about. It was. Right? We were at the pool for hours during the day, and then we like go get dinner, and then we go to the go to the casinos. I mean, this is fucking awesome. I love it. Yeah. I, I was just laying it. there writing and reading at the pool, so observing. So That's where I came up with the idea for the new thing, the new thing I'm writing, another new thing I'm writing, which I'm super excited about. And like, you know, I don't know. It was, uh, it was, it was just a nice experience. So I wanted to share with you guys, see if you guys have any anecdotes as well. Um, Tim, did you say anything about gambling? No, I was eight years old. Pure one. It was like a freaking weird little festival thing. And it was kind of like one of those Chuck E. Cheese situations where there's like all the like arcade games with tickets and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Um, but then there was also one that for some reason the little kids play that was a, a pachinko machine type mm-hmm. thing where like little ball would fall mm-hmm. and if it fell you could win money from it and I remember playing to get the tickets there was a, a bunch of James Bond trading cards I was eight and I wanted them wanted them really bad and I kept getting money using the tokens trying to figure out you know walking around with Kevin trying to figure out which scheme yeah which game gave us the most tickets for the the least. amount of tokens we were using, whatever. Like, you, it's obviously, it's the thing with the lights that go around. You have to stop it when it's in the lights. Everyone knows that. Um, do that a whole Duh. bunch, a whole bunch of times, and get I the tickets. It. But then I would like, all right, I'd be like, all right, cool. We don't have enough tickets or enough tokens to get enough tickets to get the James Bond things. But instead of using this dollar to do this, let's do the dollar to get the pachinko thing to win more dollars. And it became this whole thing of like mm. getting more money to fund more tokens to get more tickets to get these James Bond things. And somewhere along the way, I'm like. How much would it cost to just buy James Bond cards? Yeah. This is stupid. Yeah. I stopped there. And from the then end. on, I'm like, I'm not gambling. This is dumb. There's better ways to make money. And that's why one day when I have time to look into stocks, I'm going to be a master of stocks. But until then, I'm going to allow Kevin to do that for me. Stocks is gambling, though. No, I know. But that's funny, <laughs> though. It's like, I, I'm not going to do it unless I know what I'm doing. Like, right. I want I want to commit to it. It's like what you're talking about. Like, there's a right way to do it. I'm not going to commit to learning how to gamble and be a, a blackjack master. Nah. Nah, but a stock master? Mark my words, one day. Me and Kevin are going to take over the goddamn world. Tim, you know what you should never gamble on? What, Greg? A good shave. Damn. This topic was brought to you by Harry's. Stop compromising on your shave and get started with Harry's. For far too long, you've either paid too much for comfortable sh- for a comfortable shave, or you've settled for a low-priced but low-quality razor. Harry's offers something you've never had before. A great shave at a fair price. Harry's makes his own high-quality razors, cuts out the middleman, and ships them directly to you for half the price of the leading brand. Good shave, good price. It's simple. Get the best of both worlds with Harry's. Harry's is the only shaving company that has amazing quality and low prices. Harry's makes just one razor with all you need for a close comfortable shave. Five German crafted blades, flex hinge, and a lubricating strip. Quality guaranteed. A full refund if you're not happy. Tim, tell me about it. So here's the deal, Greg. Yeah. Recently we were at E3. Right. Shaved. I look damn good. You did. Then we went to RTX. VidCon was in between all of those. I look damn good. I was shaving good. Right now, you see this? Yeah. Don't look damn good. I need to get harried. <laughs> you need to get That's what I need to do. Because yeah, we're about to go to Comic Con and ooh. I'm in that, next week. Next week, yeah. I'm in that weird place where it's like I want to get a haircut, but then I need to look good for other stuff that we're doing after. Oh, let's play Left Chicago. We can talk about that. Yeah, we can now. talk about that now. Yeah. So I don't know. I need to figure this out. But the one thing I do know is I'm gonna shave. Okay. This week and next week and the week after that, because you can always <laughs> shave and look good. 
Thanks to Harry's. Harry Starter said, Call the Truman Jesus. is a great option for new customers. An amazing deal. For just $15, you get a razor handle, moisturizing shave cream, and three of Harry's five blade German engineered razors. Plus, there's a special offer for fans of the show. Harry's will give you $5 off your first purchase with the promo code KINDA FUNNY, all one word. Go to Harry's.com right now and look for the Truman set. That's Harry's, H A R R Y S.com. Enter the code KINDA FUNNY at checkout to get $5 off and help support this show. Stop compromising. Give Harry's a try today. There is a link in the description below. Tim. What's up, everybody? What's topic? My topic is proposals. Mm. I feel oh, like this is kind of fitting. The gamut. For this episode. The first yeah, dates. We, we've kind of been the everywhere. So gambling. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So I am a 26. 27. Oh my I'm God. now Are you 27. On this episode, Did I just turn 20? Yeah. Tw- 12 days ago, I turned 27. That's weird as shit. Mm-hmm. Kevin's 26. Yeah. Um, I have not yet hit that point in my life where everybody I know is getting married. Sure. Um, it's now happening. So, oh, you, so now we're hitting the point. right now. We're hitting the stride. It was like 12 days ago hitting. It's like, fuck it. Kevin's like, whatever. I'm proposing to Paula. He did that shit at Kind of Funny Live. So now I'm planning that wedding. Then my other friend, James, one of my best friends, proposed to Missy. Mentioned them earlier. They were the people that, uh, I don't remember what. Oh, Gia's best friend. That's gotcha. what it was. Yeah. Um, they proposed a couple days ago. I helped with that. How did that go? It went fantastic. He had this whole plan. I filmed it because that's what I do. And uh, it was great. Was she surprised? Can yes. you tell us about the plan? Do you yes, want to I talk totally to can. I can. Okay. She I was even more surprised when she's like, is that Tim's car? <laughs> and James is like, no. And then she looks a little over to the left. And it's like, I can only imagine what she saw was just nothing but street and then a fake bush. That Tim was hiding behind with this the camera. Is this a real story? Yeah. Parts of it are true. Parts okay. of it are embellished a little bit. That was totally true. It was a real bush, not a fake bush. That's the only difference. Uh, um, so so to, go, to go through the plan, um, they've been together for nine and a half years, which is a long time. Long time. Uh, since could have had a baby. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they could have. <laughs> um, they, 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 they met my... Senior, Could have had nine babies. Senior year of <laughs> high school. So it was, it was a long-ass time ago. Um, they've been together ever since, and it's been wonderful and great and all that stuff. Um, but my friend James is a little bit of a like, spaz when it comes to stuff, and sure. he doesn't plan things well, and he's very, very particular. Now, they they are the Disney couple. They're the people oh, that I go to Disneyland okay. with. They know that straight like the back of their hands, and I fucking love them. They're great. Um, they're also obsessed with baseball. James had baseball dreams. They didn't work out. But now he's a baseball coach for our high school, which is kind of cool. It's his whole thing, right? Lol. Lowell, yes. The um, fighting Lowell Cardinals. Long, okay. The Cardinals, yeah. They were the Indians, and then they had Oof, to, they were no, like, we're not, do doing that. we're not doing that. Um, so anyways, he did this thing where every year he would, on their anniversary, give them two cards, where one card was like, he'd write on both of them, but one was like more of a jokey thing, and one was more of a heartfelt, romantic thing, which he's not the romantic type. Right. So that was always something she looked forward to. Now, six years into the relationship, he just straight stopped <laughs> And just didn't get out of the cards anymore and was just like, whatever. Now, she has all these cards, like, framed in her house. So it's like, James, come on. It's like the littlest thing you can fucking do. But he's James. He has baseball things to do and stuff. He has to go to Disneyland, plan, like, the fourth trip this year. I get it. Um, Anyway, so his idea for the proposal, super simple. She's the type of person. She didn't want to be this whole big... You know, hullabaloo, because um, certain certain girls definitely want that. They want to be blown the fuck out. She did not want that. She just wanted it to be. She just wanted him to like put thought into it, right. you know. And he definitely did. So he got her uh, eight cards to make up for ah. it, and you know, four of them jokey, four of them serious. Wrote all of them and had them kind of be this like speech that kind of built up 
over over the, all the different cards. Um, so the plan was to get him to get her to this bridge um, over in SF. One where, of the millions in America. Yes. Uh, where they had the first kiss nine years ago. They haven't been there since then. So immediately, the moment she gets on the bridge, she's going to think something is up, right? Sure. So we, we already knew. It's like, that is the surprise moment, is just getting her to the bridge. Um, of, Portillo is just, he was just twerking there for a second. And then he just stopped. Uh, anyway, so so the plan got a little a little convoluted because it's James and he's really bad at planning things where I'm like, I need to, like, he wanted me to film it. And I'm like, of course, I'm going to film it. This obviously goes back to my legacy of filming People like how to ask a girl out and filming everything. But back in high school, that's what I used to do. That's what got me doing what I'm doing now is like proposals, but it's like people asking people to prom and all that shit. You can find those videos online somewhere. My MySpace page. Um, Google prom girls. Just Tim Getty's prom girls. <laughs> this is what you get. Uh, um, anyways, so it was it was complicated because he was just like, I had to get him mic'd up. Right. Um, but it's like hard to get him mic'd up when he's with her. So the, he texted me when he was at dinner and he was like, come to Stonestown, the mall, meet me and we'll go to the bathroom and mic him up. So I did, did that shit, get him all mic'd. She had no idea, but I just love it because they were planning to go to Olive Garden, which is obviously the most romantic. <laughs> it's like, you're when not you're there, your family. Let's, let's go to Olive Garden. Um, but the, fine Italian food. It was a 45 minute wait. So he said, fuck it. Let's go to Great Steak and Potato. <laughs> Definitely playing with the expectations. So, so, so they did that. And I'm like, I fucking love you, Jay. Proposal she'll remember forever. Forever. Um, so anyway, so she was they're, they're they're all in their baseball gear and stuff, which is so perfectly them. And uh, I go to this place to to set the camera up, and I'm literally on an island uh, in the middle of a, a busy street in bushes, <laughs> just with the camera, just like waiting for this fucking bridge. And he gave me uh, this thing of flowers and all the cards to kind of distribute. So I did that, put them on the bridge. They start walking on. It's pitch black so i'm just a bushman yeah i was gonna point. say are you doing like night vision camera here no we just have a fancy ass camera that oh, can okay. see in the dark which Perfect, is great. fantastic um but i'm there and these random dudes walk and they see these things flowers that and i had from across the street be like no no leave them alone and they're just like it's a fucking bush dude that's hella weird like, did that like bush just talk to us yeah, like, so whatever oh my god god is coming to talk to us they leave it alone they come and, and it worked great everything was all good and then he does the whole thing reads it and she was all happy about it and cried and all that stuff and yay happily ever after and it's cool but yeah it was during the final moments where she like looks over she's like is that how she's like how'd you do this he's like oh, i got my ways she's like is that tim's car he goes Nope. Nope. And she goes, really? He goes, mm -mm, nah. And she goes, it looks like it. And he goes, yeah, it does. <laughs> and then I'm like, why are you lying at this why? point? Like, She's going to see the video. But, and then, clearly... but then, yeah, the, then she seriously right there just goes, oh. And just like freaks out when she sees me oh, in the God, bush. Hilarious. And at that moment, it was just like, it was just funny. We're all laughing about it. But my favorite thing was her walking on the bridge mm -hmm. and it's like when she's on the bridge she thought it was happening and you could tell that she was like oh shit like this is about to go down she's been waiting for this for years at this point um and the biggest surprise is that he actually got the ring like no one thought he would actually do it because he's not good at planning but he did we're all proud of him and that's great you do have to sort of have that that is like the one thing that you should probably have exactly and he, to marry you. he eventually got it and, and it was all great but the the funniest moment is you can see it on video She's walking and there's a moment where she lets her hair down because it's right where they had their first kiss. And that was where she's like, this is where it's about to happen. If I'm being filmed, I want to look good. That's awesome. That's <laughs> so awesome. she's straight up. You just see her do it. I'm like, that's 
fantastic. I love that you, it's it's telling. I'm not saying good or bad, mm-hmm. but it's telling that all of the girls in that circle assume they're being filmed <laughs> at any given second in any given day. Sure. Am I crazy to think that? No, I think they've just they know this group. They're they just know, conditioned to they, believe that. Yeah. yeah. And they're hella happy because right after that, we got all our friends together to do a viewing party of the video. And it was awesome. And they fucking loved that I shit. I Kevin just looked at me like, you're Kevin's super he wasn't invited. No. You were off doing your own wedding shit. Whatever. Yeah. You, you broke his little heart. You better go hug him Same. after this. Sir. Sir. <laughs> Anyways. And um, for you, sir. Sam. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just I kind of wanted to talk about proposal. I wasn't planning on explaining that whole story. Um, that and I, I admit that it's, it's not like the best story. It's a good it story. story. It is what it is. But like my, my thing with that is it's so fitting for them. Like it is yeah. so awesome for them and i think that that's kind of the coolest thing about proposals is it's not always about just go big and go crazy it's about what do like uh, what makes sense for for who you are. how I'll did be, you how did you propose i'll be honest tim before i get to that i'm i'm terrified if the day comes where you decide to ask for gia's hand in marriage not because i don't think you guys are i think you guys are a phenomenal couple i think you'll be happy for the rest of your life i just don't i know i can't say no and you're going to ask me to do something absurd i know it and I, ha- I have a feeling it's gonna be, you're gonna have to you're gonna have me dress up as genuine and probably do pony to some degree because that's what you always do whenever we do these public. Because that's what you always do. Yeah, I guess you're right. Um, yeah, no, but that's a perfect point though. Like with Gia though, she she doesn't want the big shit. I know she doesn't want the big shit. I don't so think Paul like, wanted the big shit either. And Kevin I know, was like, but, I'm gonna give it to her see, no matter what. Kevin's Kevin. Kevin mental abuse. Is Kevin does thing. things for Kevin, and he just Kevin knows what Paula wants. Paula doesn't know what Paula wants. That's the difference, right, Kev? Look, yeah, <laughs> old school male Kevin. Mm-hmm. Would, have, would have fit in right in the 40s you have and 50s. old school male Kevin with his fucking scabbed up arm from wrestling Greg Gettys for no reason. He last fell night. off his bike. It's funny that way. This morning. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but no, Not but wrestling. I mean, Kevin doing it kind of funny live, like that is a very appropriate thing awesome, for them. That was an awesome opportunity, too. So, like, what better? That was such a great night and such a beautiful moment. Um, I, my wife obviously is on the opposite side of that, right? Um, she wanted something small. So what I did, I just took her up to a really nice hotel in Napa. Um, it was, I mean, probably way more than I could have afforded at the time, but it was, it was right. I had the ring ready and I just said, Hey, let's, I want to take you away for the weekend. At which point she absolutely unequivocally knew that I was asking her to marry her because I've never done that before and never once done it since. <laughs> never you guys go away, but she's the instigator. She's the instigator, but she's always the one like, Hey, we need to get out of the city. Cause I'm always the one that's like, I'm going to grind and, and work. So like really, really hard until, I am just an asshole to be around. And she's like, well, before we get to that point, let's go out. Let's go out of town. So she knew something was up. And I took her to a really, really beautiful hotel in uh, Napa. Made dinner reservations. I made reservations for everything. So I knew that's what she wanted because she, my wife is a planner. Like if you don't have a reservation, she's like, well, everything's ruined this year. Everything. Um, And uh, when we were getting ready, she was about to leave. And I was like, you ready to go to dinner? She's like, yeah. And I was like, wait, you look perfect. There's just one thing missing. Damn. And she was like, oh, that's good. Wah-bah. And I got that on my knee and she just immediately started crying. Awesome. And I can't remember exactly what I said, but I, I was like, you make me really happy. And I wanted to, I, you know, I want to make you happy for the rest of your life. Will you be my wife? And I gave her the ring um, and she put it on and then was like silent for like, I shit you not an hour and a half. And I'm like, I'm going to assume this is a yes. <laughs> she did it like a nod thing and we hugged and kissed. And, but she was like in shock. The whole night. And I'm like, you are happy, right? And she was like, yeah, I'm super happy right now. I just, this is, I was unexpected this whole weekend. And it was, 
it was really crazy. And then after like two hours later, it was it was back to goofing off and, yeah. and jokes and, and God, that's fun. so awesome. I, I think that's the key though. It's the the playing with expectations, and I think that the surprise is the the most important part of it. And it's not so much a surprise that it's happening because I feel like at the point you're doing it. They, they know. They know, you know? So, like, with, with my friends, I thought it was really interesting because the moment that she was on the bridge, it was like, you could tell. She's like, this is happening. And then when she took her hair down, I was like, this is definitely the in her mind. It's happening. Is happening. is happening. But what was funny is then James started it. Like, when she saw the flowers, she's like, what, what's going on? And James was just like, you know, like, I just want to show you how much I appreciate you for, like, coaching with me and blah, blah, blah. So that, her guard was down at that point. She was like, oh, he's just doing something nice because... Let's be real. He owes her so much for everything that he puts her through. He's a dude. So I was, yeah, exactly. So I'm like, so that's great. But then it was like, yeah. Then as the the cards built up, then there was that other trigger moment of like, oh fuck, it is happening. Like it is happening right, right now. And I loved it because she didn't even say yes. It was just like he gets down on his knee and he asks, and she just goes, uh, yeah, <laughs> like just so like like duh. And it's so funny. <laughs> like I love that. It's fun. It's it's a, it's a very unique feeling doing that because it's it's. It's you're committing to something real and like so much of life, not, not that marriages have to or often do last forever, but there's a very important part of you that like almost, I don't want to say becomes a man at that point, but you are saying to someone else, like I'm committing to you for our lives. And that's a pretty important and amazingly respectful thing to do to someone. Um, and it's scary as shit too. The scary thing is not asking the girl. The scary thing is when you take all that money and put it down on the ring and you know that no matter what, you can't get that back. Because even if you have the ring, it's not like you can be like, I don't want this anymore and give it back to them and they give you your money. They're just like, nah, dude. Nah, dude. <laughs> it's not nah, happening man. anymore, right? Yeah. So I think I think that the gut-wrenching moment for me, like the gut check moment, was when I had to put the down that they wanted half down on the ring. And I was like, and I, you know, I did the whole experiment where I had to figure out how much I could how big of a diamond I could get versus the clarity, versus the color, versus the cut, all those the the four C's, whatever they call it. Um, and I finally was like, I'm just gonna go for broke on this thing and, and get her what I know she wants because if it does work end up working out she's gonna be looking at it the rest of her life and I was right because every day literally I catch my wife like just gl- like glance down at the ring kind of play with it a little bit and uh, in my brain she's thinking about how much she loves me in reality she's thinking that would look great with like two other bands on it with some diamonds <laughs> probably but I don't know to each his own that's so own. funny um, but yeah, it was a, it's a, it was a very powerful moment in my life. Yeah. I mean, you know what I, I enjoy so much about it is proposals are honestly, I think one of my favorite things in the entire world where it's just like, I, I always talk about how much I love E3 for the, the hype around it and for the announcements and stuff. And I feel like, you know, weddings are great because all it is, is a celebration of people loving each other. And that's super awesome. And I, you know, I like positive things and I think that proposals are so cool because it's, trying to surprise somebody and make them happier than they've ever been. Mm. And that to me is like such a beautiful thing. And there's such an art that goes into that. If you want there to be, and you, again, like I, I don't think it needs to be a blown out crazy thing for it to, to have that, the, the resonance, I think in, in a lot of ways, sometimes even something really simple can mean the world, you know, but I, I'll get just sucked down these holes where I'm looking on, on YouTube, like just typing in proposal and just like looking at videos of stuff because it's like, I love seeing the amount of thought and effort and passion people put into other human beings and into a future that they're trying to have together and like seeing people like their reactions and like just crying and just like the shock of like, Oh my God, it's happening. Something they've expected to happen for so long. It's like, there's nothing else like it. And I I just think that it's, it's really to take this in in a kind of dark way. It's like, you know, funerals have this thing where people go and they give speeches about how much these people meant to them. Mm -hmm. 
And I've always found that really interesting where it's like, you know, that it's such a positive thing during such a negative moment. But like there is nothing more real than those speeches, though. Like that is something you're talking about somebody that you're never going to be able to see again. But you're talking about them, giving them every single thing you have. And the only other thing in life that is like that is weddings and is is the proposal, really. Like the proposal is kind of the opposite of a funeral speech. It's the like the funeral is closing the door on your life, whereas the proposal is I'm trying to open a door to the, the rest of your my life. life. Yeah. And I just think that that's so, so, so cool. And I've always had an infatuation with it and uh, the dynamics of how it all works and, and that type of stuff and filming it. So if you need me to film your proposal, let me know. Ladies and gentlemen. This has been the Game Over Greggy Show. Each and every week, four, sometimes five, best friends gather on this table. Each bring a random topic discussion for your amusement. If you like that, head over to patreon.com slash kindoffunny where you can toss us a few bucks, get every episode early, get exclusives, and get a whole bunch of cool perks. But if you have no bucks to toss, no big deal, head over to youtube.com slash kindoffunny where we post the show topic by topic, day by day, until it's one big video in MP3 on Friday. Gentlemen, thank you. Until next time. It's been our pleasure to serve you.